transmission to bring you the following live broadcast. How's everyone doing tonight? Woo! It's Wednesday. It's six o'clock somewhere. With Ryan ready in his chair. And almost ten whole people watching from home. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? It's time for the Think So Joe Show! With Ryan ready in his chair, John taking the week off, not feeling well. It's all good. That's right. And we're missing a member of Shambles for the same reason, so it's all good. There's something going around, man. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay, because i am they're using my wirelesses, because I didn't have a long enough cable to reach Ethan back here. <laughs> How's everybody well, doing? We've got the we got the shamble bo- Shambles boys in studio. Ryan returning to his co-host chair. Ethan getting a nice little spot in the back here. Doesn't even have to have a mic in his face like <laughs> I, I love do. it. Yeah, wonderful. The Who's that homeless person in the back? <laughs> yeah, John, John taking the week off. So, I didn't, no, John, you, you would win that $5, Jasmine. Anyway. You wouldn't believe it. John is also homeless. Very surprising. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. We play punk rock. Right? <laughs> Never mind that you and I have both been to John's house many times. <laughs> it's an illusion. It's not a real house. Yeah. So, um... I'm going to share this real quick, and then I'm going to tell you guys why it is a very appropriate day that you guys are here. I will tell you in just a minute. Uh, I want to share this to my feed and tell people, if it goes in the right spot, tune in now. Ooh, yeah. Fantastic. So it is a very appropriate day to have the Shambles Boys in the studio, because today happens to be... Culture Bay's seventh anniversary. Holy <laughs> shit! I literally found this out like ten minutes ago. Dude, I didn't even think about that. You're hundred wow. percent right. Oh my god, dude, we got to put together an anniversary show or something. Well, we'll get to it in three years, I guess, for the ten year. I don't think they'd like the storyline very much. <laughs> and I'm dude. also gonna lower this desk a little bit because I left it the height I usually use. There we go. Now we're dude, high tech. Little little better a uh, little better view. Little dude. better lighting. Seven years of Coulter Bay and the scars on Ethan's face have finally healed. Looking <laughs> yeah, great, buddy. It's called, it's called a beard, you know? <laughs> or some might call it homeless, but hey, what are you going to do? Uh, just I happen to be on Facebook and I happen to see that pop up. It's Coulter Bay's seventh. I'm like, and fucking Shambles is on the show. <laughs> Dude, fucking perfect. Serendipitous, if you will. You guys get to, we'll, we'll celebrate a little bit on Saturday night. Absolutely. Saturday night, we're at the Tudor Lounge, all of us. Mm hmm. Yeah, who's on that? So it's uh, what like we're we're finally getting to play a show with the Living Brain Dead. Finally, you you we've never played with you. I've been friends with you since our second show. Um, you started the band maybe a year after that or something, and then COVID shut the world down. And somehow I managed to play with you mm-hmm. and then stop playing with you. And in that entire interim, Shambles never played with the Living Brain Dead. Unbelievably, no, we have not. Crazy. <laughs> But as as intertwined as Living Brain Dead is with Shambles, we're more intertwined with XM Priory. We just played our first show with them last month. Mm, so, no shit. Yeah, we're we're getting uh, we're we're getting all our uh, 
bands that we're intertwined with out of the way, I guess. We're, we're getting the band back together, even though we're not all in the same band. <laughs> right, exactly. Multiple exactly. bands getting together. Exactly. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> but Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's us and you guys uh, with Abandoned Trains and Main Breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday night, doors open at 6.30, 21 and up. It's 10 bucks at the door, I think. I don't know. I, I, I only booked the thing. I, I don't know what the details are. I mean, I could literally just click to the next tab over, but I got the Culture Bay seventh anniversary up because oh, dude, wow. and, and this is punk rock. So why would we, you know, actually give out, you know, disseminate information? And uh, <laughs> appropriately, the song that I'm playing from you guys at the end of the show is Culture Bay. So <laughs> excellent. I think that's our biggest banger, honestly. I think that's probably our best song, and that was written by Cool Ethan back here. After a wonderful evening where he was pitched out by a bouncer onto his face and showed up at practice, not with- even. <laughs> On my face, it was actually at the garbage cans, which was even better. I kind of softened the blow a little bit, landing on a bunch of, uh, you know, old food and, and beer cans, you know? So, <laughs> I guess it could have been worse. Yeah, dude. It was, that was a very fun practice the next morning. <laughs> it was interesting. <laughs> raspberry sure. up your whole side. <laughs> oh, man. One of many. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Fucking stoked. I can't wait. It's going to be a great show. Got four fucking punk bands on it. Um, it's going to be a party. We got a pretty banger set put together, and we've been jamming it. Um, Joey's not here right now because he's got, like, fucking pneumonia or something, but uh, they said it's not contagious, so he's on steroids, and he'll be there. He's going to troop through it, and we're just going to play a really loud, fast set. It's basically what we normally do. Yeah, it's, it's uh, walking pneumonia, which apparently means you can still walk when you have it, I think. I think that's why they call it like that. So <laughs> don't sense. worry, he'll be fine. And he ain't been doing any of that shit. From what I understand, he's been just sitting at home playing Nintendo. Like you when you had COVID. Yeah, dude. It's fucking <laughs> like me when I had COVID. I couldn't. I, I was sick for a day, and I couldn't go anywhere for 10 days. I'm like, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> I'm just playing Xbox all fucking day. That's right. Uh, yeah, John also not feeling well, but he'll be fine for the show, I'm sure. He called me yesterday. He says, hey, uh, those guys are coming on the show tomorrow, right? So, yeah, he says, uh, is it cool if I don't? Yeah, sure. Why the hell not? <laughs> Damn it, John! I thought you loved us. We got we we have the uh, you know we we have the Ryan intro already ready to go anyway. You know. <laughs> well, if you, guys, if you guys are listening, I hope you both feel better and a speedy recovery, and we're very excited to see you on Saturday for sure. Mm-hmm. Joey's gonna drink fifteen gin and tonics and fall off the stage. It's gonna rock. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to see your set. I don't have you. Have you seen us since you've been out of the band? I have not. I, I have not, and I'm Ooh. I'm very excited. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited for you. Mm. We don't we don't sound like that anymore. <laughs> we did when you were practicing at the same space. Oh, that's right. That's we right. did duck yeah. in and we checked out yeah. um, when Jill was jamming out some new shit um, with or, or, or jamming out her new parts to the shit. Sure. So uh, I'm excited to see a full set of that. I think it'll be very interesting. Miss you, Katie. You know, no one will replace you, but let's uh, see what Jill's got. I, I also uh, I also have news on that front because Katie says she's going to be at the show. No shit. She's in town, happens to be in town, happens to coincide with them being in town, so they're coming to the show. Fuck yeah. So it's going to be a good time. Dude, it's going to be a fucking blast. It's a hell of a time. We, it's it's going to be a party. Come party. We were uh, we played a show last week, or last month with XM Priory, and, uh, you know, we've, we've known those guys for years, and... They always come to our shows, and, you know, uh, Dan's wife always comes to the shows, and everybody came up to us after the set. They said, man, you know, we love Katie, but, uh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you guys are so much better now, and, like, they even said, like, even from, like, when we saw Jill with you for the first time last year, 
you guys are so much better. Wow. So, dude. So you're in for a treat, man. You're you're definitely. Um, yeah, I, I always, uh, you know, I I've always said, you know, with all due respect to, you know, you and Katie and Dan and everybody else that's been in the band previously. Every time we get a new member, we get better. Uh, <laughs> and that, and, the, and that's not a knock on anybody that's ever previously been in the band. It's just. You know, those newer influences come in and kind of upgrade what we've done previously with everybody else. So No, that's right. And you've got, you know, it, it builds on itself. It's the same thing where you say, like, you got to... Ooh, what was that? Uh, one of you guys' beards rubbed up against the <laughs> mic. Oh, that that's might okay. have been me. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I do like... it. I got this thing, man. It rubs up against every week. So. It's me. Yeah, it's, oh, there nice, it is. Nice well, <laughs> I'm like watching, I'm looking on the camera. I'm like, who's rubbing up against the mic? I don't got to worry about it this week. I got my SM7B in front of me. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's that thing, like, uh, if you're playing music, you got to play with, like, as many people as possible because you pick sure. up different shit from everybody. And it's kind of the same thing if you have a band, like, you're growing and evolving and stuff. You're going to get everyone who's ever been a part of it, their influence is carrying through in some way, shape, or form. Sure. So you're going to get something, you know, totally different the more people are contributing to it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what's up. I'm excited to see uh, 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 Joe number two, you know. Yeah. Graduating from my tutelage to be uh, the greatest bass player of the living brain. Tutelage. <laughs> Would you no, call I, me? I, <laughs> no, I, I was at what, what like half of one practice, and I was like, "Hey, here, here's how you play this song," and he picked it up before I even showed oh, yeah, him. Yeah, so, like, I didn't even need to fucking be there. Well, we're in the we're in the process right now of half-assed looking for a bass player so he can switch to playing guitar with me. Mm. And, you know, John's like, "Oh, is he any good at guitar?" I'm like, "Dude, he's been training for this since he's been in this band." <laughs> like, like he is he is ready to play guitar we as soon as we find a bass player i'm not even gonna have to teach him anything he's, yeah he's got it i already know he's got it yeah so i you know when we came up with this idea of well we should have a second guitar player so we you know so the so it's a fuller sound especially when you're playing solos like why don't we just get a bass player have joe play guitar yeah and before I even got a chance to say that, he said it. So I'm like, oh, look, we're on the same wavelength. Like, let's do that. I mean, Ryan, why don't you just hop back in the band? I mean, I don't know. I've got a bunch of free time again. I'll say, if you, if you got the time, you're welcome to, man. I'm, I'm, not having a, I'm not having a mental breakdown anymore. So, nah, we got we got some shambles focus. But, I, hey, you know, we'll I'll see say, I think we practice on the same day, so. Yeah, there's that. It's going to be That's, tough. That, that would, uh, for... for for a while, we were practicing, like, right next door to each other, almost, and uh, I'd, you know, walk by your room, just yell, fuck shambles! <laughs> and then when we moved out, and, you know, you guys were, st I'm like, every time I would get to practice, I'm like, I gotta text Ryan real quick, fuck shambles! Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I'd always pick that up, like, right in the middle of the set, like, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> thanks for thinking of us, buddy. Makes you me guys feel have, warm inside. You guys have this show coming up on Saturday. You just announced the show for December playing as Blink-182. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're doing our, 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 our uh, yeah, maybe our three or four times annually uh, cosplay show. Uh, we got a cover show downstairs at Good Bar on uh, December 8th. So we're doing Blink-182 covers only up through uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And uh, we're playing with Wrestle with Jimmy, who does uh, Weezer covers. So... Should be fun. Yeah, so we're, need... we're definitely not playing the new Blink-182, that's for sure. Dude, <laughs> That album is raw. It's it's hard. You guys <laughs> need to go an album later, though, because it's the 20th anniversary on Saturday of the uh, Blink-182 uh, self-titled album. Oh, dear wow. Lord. That's, so... That album's a little too difficult for us, I think. <laughs> I, I was in... <laughs> yeah, Robert was, Smith involved in that one. <laughs> I was in Detroit over the weekend, and on the day in between the two Metallica shows, we're like, what are we, we going to do tonight? 
And we're just like going through the Facebook events in Detroit. And it's like, dude, Keith Sweat is in town. You want to go see him play his one hit? The tickets are $95 to $125. <laughs> Holy shit. And it's like, well, there's a Def Leppard and Journey tribute going on. There's, uh, oh, let's go to this. Blink-182, AFI, and No Doubt tributes. That's Let's go awesome. check this out. So we went to this place called uh, The Loving Touch in Detroit. Nice. Actually, it's in Ferndale. It's north of 8 Mile. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> so it's in, it's in the good neighborhood. Um, <laughs> so we go to this place, and um, I, I really wanted to yell at this band, you guys are the best Blink tribute band I've seen this month. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's but they they were uh, they were doing a tribute to the self titled album. So nice. they started with feeling this. They played uh, um, Easy Target, which was Brian's favorite song. Oh, nice. So that's why I I put a video of that up on Facebook. Like if you know, you know. You know. Uh, that's cool. So and then uh, you know I sent you a picture because somebody threw a bra at them. Oh yeah, that's never happened to me. Someone please throw your bra. Uh, I was <laughs> like, I, I've seen you guys do this blink cover show how many times i've never seen anybody throw a bra at joey <laughs> <laughs> and i don't uh, understand why he's such a, such an attractive sex symbol of a man throw uh, the bra full disclosure i found out after the show that it was his friend that he had he told him to throw it so, <laughs> <laughs> so it was planted it was planted yeah, I, yeah, it, was a, I was, uh, it was a plant it was a prop <laughs> i i was talking to the no doubt the the band that was playing is no doubt that night and they do the thing you do where they occasionally will do a tribute set, but they're an original band. Mm. Um, and I was talking to them about trying to bring them out to Buffalo. So I went and I talked to the guys in the Blink cover band, like, hey, you guys in any, any other bands? They're like, no, this is it. We got kids. Like, uh, Understand? <laughs> Say no more. Yeah, so, dude, that goes along with uh, what the, what the fuck? How did that meme go? I saw someone sharing it around. It's like, if you're over the age of 27 and you haven't had a single yet, just be in a cover band. <laughs> like, I don't agree with that, but it's a funny fucking concept, and they're playing that out. Like, oh, yeah, we all got kids and shit. We can't go work the road. Like, time to just play some covers. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time in Detroit, man. We, we, we uh, like, by the time, by the time we had gotten to the point of going to the Blink show, my, my buddy's just like, you're on a roll today, man. What do you want to do next? It's like, <laughs> wait what we, we like i was with my buddy and we like so saturday in between the metallica shows he's like he's like what do you want to do today i'm like let's go to the third man third man records mm, nice uh so i can you know just make that pilgrimage like we're not gonna get to see they're not doing tours because james hetfield signed in there and we didn't get the tickets for that uh they sold out before we even knew about it um so it's like let's go check out third man let me buy some records while i'm out here so I came home with a Rack and Tours record because I needed something with Jack White, right? And I got a Distillers record that was like an, an exclusive there, like a seven-inch. Yeah. Oh, nice. Fuck yeah. And I got this T-shirt, and then he, we were sitting out in the car. He's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. What's there to do in Detroit? So I put in what to do in Detroit, and it's like, hey, you want to go to the Motown Museum? Like, Oh, wow. That was dude. probably pretty cool. And he, we're looking at the picture, and the picture is just like Hitsville, USA, like the one house. Yeah. And it's like, dude, how long? he's like, how long is that tour going to be if it's only the one house? And it says, you know, and you're looking through the, you know, it's like the FAQ. And it's like, oh, the tour's about an hour. Like, dude, it says tour's about an hour. He's like, all right, I'll, I, I got this. He wouldn't let me pay for anything because I paid for the Airbnb. He's like, I owe you. you know, dude, you're driving. He's like, I was driving out here anyway. Fair enough. Uh, so we went to the Motown Museum. It starts in the house next door because uh, that's where all the, like, the actual museum is. And then you cross over into Hitsville, into fucking Barry Gordy's actual apartment from the 70s, 
or whatever. Hmm. Shit, dude. Like with all the all the original furniture and everything. And then you go downstairs and you're in the you're in the reception uh, the reception area. And you go back into the into like where the control rooms are, the where the time clocks are, where you go into Studio A. And they got like all these instruments on display and all these pictures of all these famous musicians, you know, recording there. And then at the end of the tour, he goes, I'm going to give you the chance to say, tell your friends that you got to sing and dance in the legendary Studio A. And he teaches you how to do the temptation walk while you sing My Girl. Oh, so dude. I got to sing and dance in, in Studio <clears throat> A at Motown. So, Dude, that's fucking wow. cool. That's awesome. I would go check that shit out if I ever uh, made it, it out to Detroit. Definitely, definitely fun. And my tour guide, Stefan, he was, uh, he was, in, he was incredible. Uh, just, just probably the best tour guide I've gotten on a museum tour. Um, and of course, my my buddy I'm with, he's a huge Bills fan. He's like Stefan, like Diggs. Oh boy. <laughs> he's like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stefan, <laughs> like Diggs, like well, one bl- reception for eleven fucking yards on Monday Night Football. Eat, watch your beard, bud. Oh, dude, sorry. <laughs> all good, all good. You, you might want to clip it on your Nick hoodie. Yeah, that might yeah, be a better idea. I'll finagle it a little bit down here. See, I got this thing, so when I'm wearing it, it's always fucking brushing right. Maybe what I'll do is I'll pull my shirt down a little bit so you can see some old chest hair too. Get a little bit of the mm. lettuce out. Yeah, 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 man. That's that's what we like. Mark would enjoy it. He's he he's more interested in Ryan not wearing clothes, but you know, Mark is always trying to get me (laughs) out of my clothes. He's in. They gotta stay on, man. He's in the chat saying that uh, darn Ryan's wearing clothes. Ryan will always be the number one sex monkey. (laughs) What can I say, man? (laughs) Hey, this is you know I gotta keep some. Mark's chanting for chest hair. (laughs) <laughs> we got to keep a little bit of mystery about this, Mark. If we just reveal everything right away, nobody's going to tune in each week. Here, what I'll do is I'll chop some off and I'll send it to you, to your P.O. box if you want, buddy. <laughs> it's, on its, it's, on, it's on its way. <laughs> send him some Scott Tenderman's just, pubic hair. Just uh, <laughs> three easy payments of $33.99. Ooh, entrepreneurial. I love it. Nice. Always trying to make a buck, you know? <laughs> Dude, we should put that out there. We don't sell records. We don't sell stickers. We don't sell shirts. But we will sell our body hair. Miscellaneous hairs across our bodies. <laughs> you tell me where they're from. Straight ass. <laughs> straight, straight Ethan's ass hair. <laughs> yeah, we got you. We got you guys on the show who are like, we have merch. Just go take it. And we're like, we got this new shirt. It's fifteen bucks. <laughs> Your CDs, uh, t-shirts, whatever you want. Pins, stickers, free. Ass hair, thirty-three dollars and ninety-nine cents. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, and it's like, ah, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we should sell our shit, right? Because when you're selling something, there's an implication that you're proud of it and that it's worth something. And, like, we are very proud of our albums and very proud of the music we play, but then we just give it away. People might have the impression, like, these guys aren't serious. Like, really what it is is, like, we're nihilists. Like, fucking nothing matters. Just take it if you like it. If you fucking don't, cool. I'm glad you're here. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> I thought it was always pay what you want, you know, but just no one ever paid. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Like, pay what you want. Does that mean it's free? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Every, every time I see you guys, you're like, we have stuff over there. Just go take it. It's free. See, mm-hmm. I, always, I always thought about when I was growing up and first getting into the punk scene, and I would go to all the punk houses in Buffalo, and I would be seeing some, you know, not like big name bands, but bands that eventually became bigger names and signed to bigger labels. And it, there was never a cover charge to get in. They would just say, pay what you could, whether it was a can of soup or a, a dollar, dollar or two or... Or, or whatever, and I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, and I wouldn't have anything, so I'd bring, like, a can of Chef Boyardee, and I was seeing, like, you know, Witch Hunt in Defiance, Ohio in a smelly basement yeah, on Custer dude. Street. So that's kind of my, uh, my my whole interpretation of where the shambles, pay what you will, came from, but 
No one ever paid, so we started to give away stuff for free. Yeah. And here we are. We got to turn that shit around, man. We need the write-off. <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I live in a capitalist society. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so in order for me to pay for the stuff that I'm trying to do... I need to get paid for the stuff I've done. So And your yeah. merch is a lot cooler than ours, so let's let's face yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I do all of our shit on like I have no image editing skills and I do it all in fucking gimp on my MacBook when I've had like ten beers. Yeah, so. like four o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. after he's, he's played Super Mario RPG for the past thirteen hours. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing with that is too, like, that's correct. Like that's something I've always been saying on stage lately is like the fact that we're giving our shit away. That's, like, not meant to be a dig at anybody. Like, that's not meant to be, like, the Fugazi thing of, like, oh, you're selling your shit? Then fuck you. You know, it's just, like, if you're sell if, if someone's selling their stuff, you should go buy it. You should support local music. That's just not what we're doing. We were super into, like, Jeff Rosenstock giving all of his shit away for free. And, you know, there's a little bit of Fugazi in it. And, like, you know, support local musicians even if they're selling shit. Like, giving stuff away is not a dig at anybody else. So what you're saying is I shouldn't have paid for that Fugazi record. <laughs> yeah, how much <laughs> did you pay for which one? I, I have yeah, no that, idea. That's a good question. Is it a repeater? Uh, you know, I'm not even sure off the top of my head. So <laughs> if, it, if, it's, uh, if it's end hits, maybe not, but repeater you should definitely pay for. But in on the kill taker. If, uh, margin walker's good, but I don't know about anything else. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, man, I don't know. Um, I don't know. The other thing with that, too, is just like... Part of the reason we do the cover shows, like, I know that can be a weird idea if people are like, nah, just p just play originals, but it's like, okay, like, well, we're gonna do our originals, like, please come out and see us, but, like, we're gonna keep everything free and as cheap as humanly possible by doing a couple cover shows, and, like, that makes us self-sustaining, so, like, I, I, I don't know what to say, you know? Like, can't please everybody. I was actually just talking to somebody about the first time I saw you guys do the Blink-182 thing. And yeah. it, it wasn't a full-on Blink-182 show. It was it was at Good Bar. It was right after the pandemic, so everybody had to buy seats. You had to, like, yeah. you had assigned seats. You couldn't, yeah. couldn't move. <laughs> and we're just, you know, you guys come out on stage like, we're not really going to play Enema in its entirety. And then you proceed to play Enema in its entirety. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even see the Facebook video until after the show. I'm like, oh, that's what they meant. Okay. Yeah. So that one's interesting, too, because I actually, in retrospect, like, feel a little bit bad about the way we promoted that one. Like, we did say ahead of time we were going to do it. And we did play our own tunes. But I definitely think there were people there that were not expecting that. And I felt kind of bad about it. So we've been trying to be as upfront as humanly possible on which shows are which. And we're trying to make it a point when we're on stage to be like, hey, follow us and take a look at what we're doing. And I know that's complicated. Like, I guess we could have a band with a different name. But like, again, I don't know, man. Music's music. If you want to come hang out with us, cool. If you don't, you don't. You know, we're going to let you know what we're doing. But yeah, that one, we did kind of take people by surprise with it. And I feel a little bad about it. Like I said, I, I had no idea you were even, like, talking about doing that, and you just did it, and I'm like, oh. And I, I remember saying to you after the show, man, Brian would have been proud of you, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Brian would have loved it. Yeah, dude. But that's, you know, like I said, I went and saw this Blink tribute show, and it's literally just a band that only does Blink covers. It's their only thing they do, and uh, they were pretty good. Dude, I, I gotta yeah. say, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's always watching. It, it's it's cool watching someone be able to do like I'm not talking about us, just uh, you know that sure. band 
it's cool, even if it's a band that plays like simple songs, it's cool watching someone be able to do it and kind of evoke that same vibe. Yeah. So like, I've enjoyed going to see cover bands play. I generally would rather see original shows, but there's time and a place. Depends, depends on what bar you're playing, you know? Yeah, and I mean, think about it like this. So there's a Steely Dan cover band that's coming to Buffalo, I think, on Friday. Mm. Um, they're called Dirty Work or something, and they're playing at Ironworks, possibly, or Town Ballroom. Mm. Um, but, you know, ever since, um, um, you know, with Steely Dan's never going to be the same because obviously one of the members died, and Donald Fagan is the only one left, so Walter Becker passed away. And, like, you're never going to see the true experience of that band so if you have a band that's literally making a living playing some of the biggest venues in these cities by just playing covers or complete albums of these of these bands, I mean you still have to get your fix somehow if you want to have that experience. Yeah. You know, so I mean, hey, if it's if it's paying the bills and you're you're selling out places and you have a good crowd, then I mean, why why mess it up? Plus, I mean, who doesn't fucking love Steely Dan? I know I do. Steely Dan's the shit, dude. A couple years back at Cobblestone Fest, they had a Steely Dan cover band, and I was like, wow, this sounds kind of jammy. What is this? And towards the end of it, we realized it was all the guys from Aqueous playing a Steely Dan nice. cover set. It was fucking sick. Yeah, no, but, I, I hear you, though, because uh, Yellow Sauce opened for a Rush tribute band one night. So oh, dude. That was, that, was a, that was a pretty cool experience. I, I never got to see Rush, so. Yeah, you know. shit, me neither, man. Get to I hear, get to hear those songs to. live, and they were played really well, so. Yeah, that's that, that's lofty aspirations too. Like, oh, I'm gonna start a cover band. Let's be in a rush cover band. Holy shit! I bet you're right. you better be great at your fucking instrument. There's nothing but virtuosity in that band. We tried to. We wanted to put together something doing like Green Day covers, and we were just like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> no, that's not at all what happened. We just didn't. Ha- we just haven't had the time to get together and do that shit. So <laughs> we've been we had a few Green Day covers lately. We wanted to get together with you guys. We wanted to do because it was going to be members of the Living Brain Dead, but it wasn't going to be. It was going to be uh, Leland from Yellow Sauce instead of Jill, and mm. I was going to play bass, and Joe was going to play guitar. And what we wanted to do was get with you guys and do a Pop Disaster Tour night, mm. where we play the Darien Lake Green Day set from the Pop Disaster Tour, and you guys play the Darien Lake Blink set. Oh hell yeah, that would be fucking sick. And just you know, we got together once, and we just the timing never worked out for us to get back together. So. And now Leland's in Bastard, 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 so he's all over the place. It's uh, yeah, like he was talking about. Oh, if I wasn't in Bastard, I'd come audition for for bass for Brain Dead. Like, yeah, dude, it is what it is. It's like, hey, you better jump ship, buddy. Like, it's it's a <laughs> it's a weird spot we're in right now because we're trying to like record stuff, but we're also like, but we still want to add a member, but we also want to do some photos. We want to do all this shit, and it's like. Should we add somebody first? Should we finish the shit we're working on and then add somebody? I think we finished the shit as far as recording that we're working on. Then add somebody. We gotta figure out when the hell we're getting back in the studio because we got drums done. Where are you guys recording? Uh, it's this dude that Jill knew. Um, offered to, he here he was like, hey, you guys want to come down and record? No charge. Like, like yeah, sure. Well, okay. And then like once he realized that we were you know because. We weren't, nobody was really sure what he was actually offering us. So he was offering to just record and he was going to charge us for mixes. And then we're like, well, fuck it. We might as well just do a whole fucking album, right? Yeah. So now we're, you know, we're in it, we're going to be in it for like 1400 bucks or something. But like, yeah, well, I mean, that's not bad to be honest, man. No, it really isn't. Yeah. My, my biggest argument was like, because I was the one who was like, do we really want to do this? Because I could literally, like, if we could get him to send us his uh, the drum stems, we could record the rest of the shit in band lab and just send it over to Jay and get him done for way less. Yeah. But, 
you know, dude knows what he's doing, so it's probably worth the fourteen hundred. Dude, I mean, so. that's that's not unreasonable, especially if you're doing a whole album. Like, I think that's yeah. about what our ours cost, and we worked with Jay. Yeah. So, you well, know. you also recorded like we would have recorded everything probably at home, but. Mm. Um, oh yeah, we yeah we went in and like set everything up and like recorded with him and did like multiple takes and stuff and yeah, spent yeah. like hours going over it. But yeah, I mean you know especially with inflation, it's pretty good. Yeah, I was so. gonna say how many sessions did we have? We probably were over there maybe four or five times. Oh dude, I mean I don't know. Maybe it was four, more than that. Four or five times as a band, totally doing yeah. the recording. But you know individually, like I went over there, I think another like four times to do bass tracks and then. Vocal tracks, we were each in and out of there over and over and then mixing and stuff. It, right. was, it was a lot. It was yeah. it was like 100 hours or something. <laughs> and that's where we're at right now is we did drums. We, we recorded everything all at once, and he's just going to use those drum tracks. And then, so Joe and I got to go back and do our tracks, and then Jill's going to go in and do her tracks. And, nice. Uh, and we'll see if I can get him to mix for vinyl so we can hopefully, hopefully put out a vinyl. Yeah, that'd be, be another sick. fucking 1600 bucks on top of that. Yeah, dude. There's, there's a there's a place that'll do vinyl, um, for it's like I think it's like fifty like forty bucks per record, so we'd have to charge like fifty bucks for mm. it. And that's what I was. That's why we never did Falls Count anywhere because mm. I'm not charging people fifty bucks for thirty minutes of music, man. Like yeah, that's that's so we were like, nah, we're not gonna do that. So dude, it's tough. There's no no cheap way to do vinyl. Like, no. Like, I, I was always astounded talking to the On The Cinder guys every time they were putting out a record. I was like, dude, like, oh, my God, the upfront cost to get, you know, the master done and to get the, the plates pressed or whatever. It's yeah. just, it's insane. Oh, yeah. Like, to get a run of, you know, 100 records. It's like 1,600, 1,700, somewhere around there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pricey. It's crazy. But, you know, it's worth it because people really like having that physical record and people actually like having the, you know, thing going on the turntable. Like, I, mean, I, I do have all three on the Cinder records. I've got, uh, I got The Last Rain. I got Mom Said No. I got Fernway. Uh, XM Priory put out one. I got one. I got that. Um, a bunch of uh, local local guys on vinyl. So we should, we should put our next, next record on wax. Yeah, I was thinking maybe get like 10 of them and just give them weight up, you know, friends and family and... Just have something for yourself to hang up on the wall someday, and right, and then hang on, hang like on, to, then then, <laughs> hang, then just hang on to the last one, and then just play that waiting game, and then we'll just sell it when there's we'll just put one it on of eBay us left. In Thirty years for a thousand dollars. Yeah. All right, we got to get into a song break real quick, and we're gonna start with a show going on in Rochester. Oh no, wait, that's not where I wanted to start. Oh well, that's where we're starting because that's the first one on the list. Uh, we're starting with a show going on in Rochester on Saturday night. So if you're not going to be in Buffalo and you're not going to be at the Tudor Lounge with us, this is a place you can go. Is over to the Bug Jar at 219 Monroe Avenue in Rochester. And that is a show featuring Ivy's Panic Room, Anchor, and Fowls. It's 21 and up at the door, a $10 cover. It's 18 to 20 years. Uh, you can get in 18 to 20 with an advance ticket, 21 and up at the door. Uh, and this is Ivy's Panic Room, and this song is called Not With You on All WNY. Think So Joe Show.
All right, that was Ivy's Panic Room, the song called Not With You. Catch them at the Bug Jar on Saturday night or make the pilgrimage to Buffalo and come see all of us. Yeah, it's That's... it's hard for me to advocate for that but I'm because we're playing that night, but, like, that song was sick, kind of that, like, no, jang that, jangle punk, pop, that's like always, pop punk. That's like, always the tough part of putting the show together on weeks that I have a show because it's like, well, I don't want to promote anybody else's shows right. <laughs> for, for the same night, but it's in Rochester. Yeah. Not everybody's not everybody's gonna drive an hour and a half out to Buffalo and come you just come to a local show and eventually, hopefully, we'll all get out there eventually. That I was gonna say the right. bug charts is, is a is a great venue. I would love to see Shambles Shambles there sometime. Yeah. Eh, I used to know the booking agent and I don't anymore, so I don't know. It's probably never gonna happen. Sorry, we're just gonna keep playing uh, you know, Mr. Goodbar over and over and over. Yeah, that's fine. Then I guess <laughs> we'll have to get garbage plates some other time. Yeah. We're we've been pushing to try and get out to Rochester. We got friends out there. Actually, shout out to Kirsten who did the uh uh Never Fuck with Cat Girls album art, cover mm, art. Yeah. Song that you're recorded on with us. That's fucking uh, right, man. And uh she just she just yesterday donated a fucking kidney. Holy shit. Wow. Live donor, doesn't know where it's going. Dude. Literally just out of the... Just doing it blind? Out of the, out of the goodness of her heart. That's fucking awesome. So shout out to her. She's recovering now. I texted her this morning like, hey, how you doing? You know, and seems to be in good spirits. So hopefully, you know, quick recovery for her. Yeah, wow, absolutely. Um, just an amazing thing she's done. Just yeah, that's who, who the fuck does live donations like that? You know, like fucking nobody does that. Like, shit, I, like I had to renew my license the other day, and I'm signing up. Uh, you know, it's like, do you want to be on the organ donor list? Like, yeah, I want to be on the organ donor list while I'm fucking dead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, you ain't touching this shit while I'm still here. <laughs> like, like by the time I'm dead, you probably don't want these organs anyways. Right. Yeah, that, dude. That's what that's what <laughs> I'm saying, probably get man. Sicker. Dude, I'm yeah. on a podcast for two hours. I'm fucking drinking high lifes. Like my my organs are going to be absolutely <laughs> worthless by the time yeah. I get there. But no, it's like that's that's cool. Like I I I am on the organ donor list. But again, for when I'm dead, doing <laughs> a live donation like that, especially to somebody that you don't know, yeah. that's a very selfless thing. That's an, she, an honorable thing. That and she it's like, really cool she, that she did that. She like had to work towards it too. She had to like drop some weight. She had to do some uh, you know. Like all this shit that the doctors like, this was you. This is what we need you to do before you can do this. So she like, you know, put herself through shit to get to this point to just lose a kidney, dude, and, and give it to whoever the fuck needs it, which is incredible. Yeah, that's that's like, awesome. I, I couldn't do it. No, are you kidding me? There's no. no way I could do that. I was talking to her this morning. And I said, I said, you know, I that's amazing that you're doing this for you know, like I, I'm like I've never met anybody who's you know, done a live donation. And she says, I met somebody who's gotten a donation and is here because of that. So it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. I still probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> I, I'd be too scared to do that shit, man. Like, I, I ain't gonna lie, fuck. Yeah, so, so, I, always, uh, I always think about the Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes where uh, um, Richard Lewis needs a kidney. And Larry David and his booking agent, Jeff Green, are arguing over who's going to be the one to supply him with the kidney. <laughs> and it gets to a point where Larry David befriends a bunch of um, um, Orthodox Jewish Jewish people that are doc like doctors to try and get uh, further up, get his name further up the list. So he gets off the hook of having to give Richard Lewis his kidney. <laughs> so that's what I think of. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. No, it's like... That's well, okay. So wait, I could two things. One, I could see that scenario playing out. It, say in a situation where I needed a kidney, 
and say my brother doesn't have one to give me, because I think they go to your family first, right? So it comes Probably. down to, like, I need one from either you or Joey. I can see that argument. Like, is it going to be Ethan or Joey <laughs> just screaming at each other in band practice while I'm sitting there on, like, dialysis or something? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm in the background like, that's y'all bass player. You take care of it. <laughs> okay, fucking right. Yeah, he got out of Love this Love you, band. Ryan. But <laughs> he got the fuck out of this band, so my kidney is staying right the fuck where it is. <laughs> but, but the other thing I'm thinking of is, like, so <laughs> this is not to attack anyone's politics, but I, you know, I know Kirsten's politics are pretty far to one end of the spectrum. Yes. And wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if the person who got the kidney was completely on the opposite end <laughs> right, of the right. spectrum? <laughs> and you're just like, no, I got to take that back. I'm repossessing that fucking kidney. <laughs> <laughs> he calls her to thank her. He's like, yeah, man, I'm just going to an abortion. Yeah, <laughs> an my abortion protest. He's <laughs> like, wait a minute, what did you just say to me? <laughs> Who'd you give the kidney to? Oh, it's Donald O'Brien, the leader of the Aryan Union. <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> That'd be a great idea for like a Seinfeld episode or yeah. some episode like that, you know? Oh, yeah, like they just, they, they go to meet each other and they're like, no, nah, I want it back. <laughs> it's a guy with a big swats to cut to on his on his chest or something. It's like, wait a minute, this is who I donated my kidney to. This is fucking crazy. The downsides you don't think about about live donation to to whoever needs it. For 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 her sake, I hope they never meet. But I hope, uh, you know, no, and and also like, and also that is that that obviously that whole situation is a joke that makes. Uh, her politics out to be substantially more shallow than they are in reality. It, she just wants someone to live. It doesn't yeah, matter absolutely. what their politics are. I was, I was exactly. I was taking the Seinfeld angle on it, not the actual serious angle. Absolutely, on it. absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Laura says she'd give a kidney to John. She wants to know, Meg Ryan, what is your favorite Beethoven symphony? Uh, that shit's above my head, man. I listen to the three chord stuff. <laughs> I don't even know if I could just pull one out of like the random reference, like the ninth, Beethoven's ninth. I guess I'd say that one. It's a good I, one. I like Beethoven the movie. <laughs> With the he, dog? Yeah. With the dog. Uh, yeah. I like the dog. If they, uh, that's not a symphony, but you know, it's a, it's a symphony of enjoyment. It's a symphony, a symphony of slobber. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because he's, uh, what is he, a St. Bernard? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't really care about the symphony, but I love the St. Bernard. She also wants to know, did the guy in the back ever work at Radio Shack? I, d I did not know. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting question, but that that would be actually it's kind of fitting. You do have like a Judah Friedlander vibe going on. I can see you working in like an electronics hey, shop. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I want to know: radio, Do Radio Shack still exist? No, they don't. I don't so think so. They exist online as a parts uh, wholesale distributor, I believe. Okay. Okay. But it's a fraction of what their business model was. They're no longer publicly traded, and I think it's actually a different company that just bought the brand name. I think wow. somebody once told me that they work at a Verizon that used to be a Radio Shack, mm. but they, and so they still have all the fucking random cords and shit you could buy. Mm. But that was a couple of years ago, I think, Wait, that so like conversation you go, took place. So. Oh, my God. So you go you into, walk, walk into Verizon like, yo, I need, I need a fucking quarter-inch to RCA fucking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to upgrade, upgrade from the iPhone 5. It's been long overdue. Can I get the iPhone 15? And also, I need a bunch of auxiliary cables so I can reconnect my Super Nintendo to my tube television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be great. Uh, uh, I wonder if they still accept returns or something. Like, hey, I know this used to be a Radio Shack and you guys supply their parts. Can I still return this this piece that I bought from Radio Shack here? 
<laughs> you know? Can I get you guys to repair this Tandy tape recorder? No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I used to have one of those. <laughs> a Tandy tape recorder? Yeah. It's like, I need a new, uh, yeah, 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 I need, I need I just a... got a new tape deck in here, finally. Ooh. One that works, finally. Uh, dude, it, I've, I've been meaning to pick up a tape deck, because uh, I've got a whole bunch of shit that I really want to want to listen to, uh, or just, you know, the novelty of having it, really. The hipster novelty of being like, hey, man, I got MU330's Crab Rangoon on oh, a cassette, God. let's listen to it. Oh, it, it. That is the correct response to that. <laughs> but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, my, my tape deck went down uh, and I just haven't replaced it. So I've just got the turntable right now. I got one, uh, I bought one as is a couple of months ago and I it wouldn't, it powered on and everything, it just wouldn't play. So it's like, oh, it's got to be the belts. So I'm like, anybody know how to fix these things? And somebody's like, ah, oh, dude, you can just do it yourself. You just buy the belts. So I procrastinated, finally fucking bought the belts. I opened the thing up. My fucking fingers are now covered in grease. And I put all these, I got two belts for each deck and I'm like, where the fuck does this big one go? Can't find it. So I put the small one on. I put it back together. I hit play. It didn't work. I couldn't get the thing back together properly. I was like, mm. you know what? Fuck this. So I took it out of here. And then I was like, let me go and try and find another one. So I got one on like goodwillfinds.com. Like the Goodwill auction site for like $6.99. It was like 20 bucks after shipping and tax. Oh, nice. It's not bad. And it's as is. So I'm like, all right, it powers on. Worst case scenario, I spent 20 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Not it a big got loss. here, it fucking worked fine. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fucking listen to EMF. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tape deck in my car still. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What year is your Buick? 2004. Nice. Yeah, 2004 Buick with I have a tape a, deck. I have a CD player and a tape deck. Dude. Nice. Versatile. You know, we, that's what we should do next. Instead of putting out an LP, we should put out a shambles tape, and oh. then you should put them both in there. Or what we you should do is get one of those uh, tape to MP3 player uh, converters that has the eighth inch jack in it. Yep. And use that to play. Uh, oh, that's a great idea. Play our albums and the Living Brain Dead albums uh, while you're driving around in that <laughs> baller ass car. You know, I, I've I've heard the rumor that if you play the Living Brain Dead album backwards, it actually uh, goes completely with Wayne's World too. I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> dude, the the amount of thought they put into that, it's astounding, astounding. <laughs> I, I applaud you, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you ever see that scene in Scanners when that dude's head blew up? <laughs> oh my he couldn't God. hear that, though. That's I didn't hear it, but I, I hope it was... Uh, the, the, it was the, a Wayne's World clip. Nice, nice. <laughs> the timely radio button. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, we're, we're, always, uh, we're always... We compare this show to Wayne's World all the time, so there's a bunch of Wayne's World clips on the fucking board, so... <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah. No stairway to heaven. Yeah. Denied. We were talking about that the other day, cause my, cause we were, I was, we were talking about like songs you don't play in a record store, or not a record, fucking a, a, guitar, a, a store. guitar store. <laughs> and uh, and you know my buddy's not a musician, so he's like he's like, well, you know, why can't you play those songs? I'm like, dude, could you imagine? You're working in the guitar store. You're there for eight hours. Every fucking kid that comes in this store is trying to fucking play. Smells like Teen Spirit. None of them fucking play it right. <laughs> dude. You know, that is an interesting thought too, because like the stairway one is the one they're talking about for the '90s, because that's what everyone learns. But then you're you're correct, because ten years later, everyone would be trying to play grunge music, because when you're learning guitar too, you're not learning what's out there immediately. You're taking what someone else has already done that they can show you an easy way to do it. So it probably is going to be smells like Teen Spirit. And then when I was in high school, it was all fucking Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day. <laughs> yeah. 
and a little bit of Metallica, but never the solos. It was always just the thrashy riffs <laughs> yep. that people could figure out. Um, just like me. <laughs> yeah. But like, what would it be now? So like, what's something that came out like 10 years ago that is like an iconic guitar band? There weren't, a, there aren't a lot of them anymore. Most, for yeah. the most part, it's, it's, it's uh, studio music. See, I always think of Smoke on the Water, which I know Nick oh, 10 yeah. years ago, but... Smoke on the Water... That would be the one that would get me. I mean, mm -hmm. that was, the like, I think the first thing I learned how to play on a guitar. I knew how to play that song before I ever heard that song, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was one of the first things somebody, did, like, when I first picked up a guitar, and my buddy was like, hey, here's how you play this song, here's how you play this song, and he, like, he would tell me over the phone, because back then you didn't have... You couldn't just go on the internet and get a fucking guitar tab, right? So right. he's calling me. He's like, he's, here's here's how you here's how you play like Marilyn Manson Sweet Dreams. Here's how you play, uh, you know, Metallica Sanitarium. Here's how you play Smoke on the Water. And I'm like, I don't even know that song. And I just I, so I knew, and I heard the song way later. And I'm like, oh man, this is actually a really good fucking. It's a song, great song. That's yeah, the dude. worst part about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Fucking Deep Purple in general. They're not not that half bad. Dude, Machine Head right. is a fucking great album. But yeah, they kind of do have like. I actually that. just got it on vinyl a couple of weeks ago. Really? Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. It's a it's a great disc. But yeah. like. It, it, they kind of have that meme vibe about them because of that specific sure. reason. Like, Smoke on the Water is the first thing everyone learns, so everyone thinks it's, like, bad or dumb for some reason, and it's not. It's isn't iconic. That, isn't that, like, the song that, like, it's the world's largest guitar jam that everybody's playing the same song was Smoke on the Water? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Dude, yeah. that's, that's amazing. I am not familiar with that, but that rules. I just think of kids just mashing the, the frets. And they're not pressing them down all the way, so you got the buzz going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, just, it sounds like a Moop from uh, South Park, their, their, their band that they have in the garage. Oh, yeah. Remember that episode? You know what's funny is that episode has a lot of Metallica references in it, Yeah. which I know, obviously, you're a huge fan of. <laughs> but uh, that's the Napster episode where all the musicians get upset because... Uh, Everyone, everyone keeps stealing their music. Oh yeah, that's Phil right. Collins goes crazy. Goes crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> they put all the kids on Ritalin, right? And they're yeah. like, "Yes, we would like to go to the Phil Collins concert." And that's when Chef knows something is wrong because the kids want to go fucking see Phil Collins. <laughs> Literally, just watched that episode falling asleep the other night. I'm like, I haven't seen this in a minute. It's a fantastic episode. <laughs> the band is called Lord of the Lords of the Underworld, not Timmy. <laughs> Holy shit! Dude. That's the first appearance of Timmy. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's like I, season five. I feel like I got to go back and do some season five tonight now. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, I, was just, I, was, I was going to bed. I'm like, what can I put on to fall asleep? And I just continue where you left off with South Park. Like, all right, cool. And that happened to be the episode. It was where they're all on fucking Riddle and go to the Phil Collins. Oh, it's so funny. Fuck yeah, <laughs> I like how the, the mountain in South Park where they all go sledding down is called Phil Collins Hill. Yeah. And it's just a picture <laughs> of Phil, Phil Collins', Collins. face. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Uh, I can't make it up. Oh my god. Oh, I like Laura's comment here. Ten years ago, like the 90s? Yeah, I feel that shit. And Jill says, uh, <laughs> like ten years ago, between the buried and me. Mm, yeah, I mean... Dude, Selkies. Fucking between the buried and me. So I never got super into them, but my brother had that album. I think it was Alaska. And we used to listen to that shit a lot when he was driving me around going to like Psyopus shows and shit. Uh, I remember that band. Pretty fucking good. Pretty they, fucking good. They're on that one record label with the Dillinger Escape Plan. Oh yeah, dude. Relapse. Fucking, Dude, those, those first two Dillinger Escape Plan albums are fucking yeah, elite. Yeah, that one with Mike Patton was real good. Yeah. No, but it's, it's a good point. Like, Jill, Jill is right. Those were, like, iconic, like, guitar-era songs. But, like, I'm thinking more, like, like pop music. Like, like the stuff that every single person knows. And I can't really think of an, an iconic, 
pop guitar hook that's happened recently. You I know? got one. No. What do you got? Mr. Brightside. Oh, Mr. Brightside. There you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can't do it. Obviously, like any cover show you go go to, you know, that's not shambles, you're gonna hear Mr. Brightside. <laughs> Dude, I mean, fucking even regular shows like at that Offspring show, fucking Simple Plan played it in that medley they did because yeah, they yeah. had to flesh out their set because they only had a couple singles and it was a very visible, popular band show. <laughs> Fucking, I like Simple Plan as well. They're cool dudes, but that was that was an interesting dynamic there. Uh, we were with Merlo from uh, Turkey Blaster Omega, and he was like the joy on his face during really all three of those bands. But Simple Plan and Sum Forty One in particular was fucking great. I was uh, over there with you guys during Sum Forty One. So that's fucking right. That's fucking right. Yeah, you you came over. Um, fucking, we saw Katie from Turkey Blaster there. Anything by point. Panic. Panic. I haven't. Oh, Panic at the Disco. Panic at the disco yeah. yeah, that's right. There, there was Fallout definitely a lot of that. Too. Fucking Fallout Fucking Boy. Fallout yeah. Boy. But, but now, see, now we're getting back to that first Panic album. I think it was like 2006, and those Fallout Boy albums. I think Under the Cork Tree was like maybe 04 or 06. Yeah, that was definitely. And that, that. that one that had like Grand Theft Autumn was like 03 or something. So that's still high school era. Maybe like some Arctic Monkeys shit when they got to like their third or fourth album, and maybe some Jack White shit too. I'll tell you when I first yeah, White Stripes. When I first got it, yeah, oh, Seven fucking Nation Seven Nation Army. Army. Seven Nation Army. That's, That's the, the one. The second one I That's ever learned. That's the fucking the one. The second one I ever learned, yeah. I, so, um, when I first got into playing guitar, I would buy all the guitar magazines because that was the easiest way to fucking learn mm -hmm. if you're not taking lessons and shit. It was like, you buy the guitar magazines, you can read the articles, they'll explain some concepts and shit to you. And one of the first guitar magazines I had on the back page, it's talking about songs you can't play at record stores. And I, that's I, how I, I, when I went to buy my first guitar, I was like, yo, what songs don't you guys want me to play? <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, you know, Nirvana, Green Day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I think it was specifically Green Day, anything by Green Day. Because like, I was like, you know, pre-American Idiot, you know, yeah. everybody, like Dookie is the easiest fucking album to play yeah. on guitar, like even easier than Nevermind. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, do Dookie on guitar, it's, yeah, it's all power chords, and it's all in the same key for the most part. What's the other fucking one? The Green Day song, Everybody Learns, is Brain Stew. Yeah. Because it's the same pattern, and you don't even need to move off of, with the root note being on the low E string. You can just slide down. Yep. So everybody who can't figure anything else out, well, well, at the point where they can't figure anything else out, learns that so they can at least demonstrate that they know how the instrument works. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I know that because that's what I did. <laughs> I couldn't fucking do open chords. I couldn't even switch to other strings. So I was like, yeah, hey, mom, check this out. Dude, dude, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. But, you know, whatever. See, I think about an acoustic and you pick it up and you play Time of Your Life. Oh, dude! Yeah, whatever that song's called, is it "Time of Your Life"? Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's "Good Riddance." Good riddance. "Time of Your yeah. Life." Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them's in parentheses. Very I, clever. I think "Time of Your Life" is in clever parentheses. Girl. That's that's a weird one too because <laughs> I just mentioned my mom. You know, moms are proud of their kids. My mom always wants me to play that song when she sees me <laughs> strumming an acoustic guitar, and like, I'm torn between "I love you, mom," and of course I would love to play this song for you because it'll make you happy, and then I'm also like. <laughs> No one wants to hear that song anymore, man. <laughs> I was telling this story the other day. I graduated high school in 99, and of course, that was like one of the biggest fucking songs on the, uh, on the radio at the time was Good Riddance Time of Your Life by Green Day. Now, I happened to be on the prom committee that year. I don't know why the fuck I decided to be on the prom committee. Me and my friend Sean, 
were on the prom committee and they had this vote, right? And it's like, you know, what's going to be the prom theme? And it came down to good riddance, time of your life, of course. Yeah. yeah. This is 1999, of course. Yeah. The other option was doo-wop, that thing by Lauren Hill. Oh, man. Mm. How'd now, you not go that route? That's the route they fucking went. Oh, huge. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, now, of course, that the class administrator, they didn't know what that thing was until somebody told them. And our argument was like, so what we're going with is the prom, that thing. As opposed to, you know, the time of your life. And in the end, they just, they're like, we're not going with either. We're going with, uh, like, faded pictures or some shit like that. I don't even fucking remember. But... Dude, like, that's that's just another funny thing because, like, like yeah, like, none of those songs should be prom songs if you really look at, like, what no, they're abso- about. Absolutely not. Like, like, and I don't know enough about the Lauryn Hill one to speak intelligently about it, but, like, yeah, it doesn't fit. And then, like, Time of Your Life is about a breakup, so you should not use it for a happy moment. Sure. It's, it is about, an, like, sort of an amical breakup, but the bitterness that builds. And then, like, my prom song was um, Here's to the Night by Eve Six, which is, <laughs> depending on who you ask, about a one-night stand or a hooker. So, like, I, I don't know why these things keep getting fucking picked. It's like a fucking Republican senator dancing to Born in the USA, which is about how poorly we treat our veterans. Like, I don't fucking get it. Like, Oh, man. Well, uh, the thing about Do Up That Thing, which that album is incredible. I don't know if you guys have it. The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Fantastic. Mm. That thing is about multiple things, if you listen to the lyrics in that song. Mm. Whether it's something that a woman has or that a man has but we're all about that thing you know so you, it, it, you can't really put that thing into context it just kind of it's just kind of there you know mm. it's because some and guys that's, and that's what makes it an enduring piece of pop culture oh it's such, oh, i love that <laughs> the, the ambiguity allows room for interpretation and analysis over multiple decades and that's the beauty of music my, my son <laughs> jill says, thanks dad Jill says the acoustic song you can't play at a record store or music store would be Say It Ain't So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. They're so, playing with uh, Wrestle With Jimmy in December. We are. December 8th at Mr. Goodbar. <laughs> Wrestle With Jimmy will be there, and they will be playing Say It Ain't So. Although I think I will say, with Say It Ain't So, I'm not even necessarily sure it's the guitar line as much as the fact that everyone feels inclined to sing, and no one can fucking hit those highs. Right. It is so egregious listening to anyone except Wrestle With Jimmy. Try to hit those fucking highs. They always fuck it up. Oh, man. Laura, oh, okay. Well, this could be fun. So Laura wants to know random guy in the back. That's Ethan. Ethan is random guy in the back. What's your, what's your opinion on Taylor Swift? Um, I, I mean, you can't, it's hard to hate her. I mean, she made a billion dollars last year. I think that any musician that can, can, can make a billion dollars in the music industry these days is, is pretty hard to hate. You know, um, I've I've only heard a few of her songs. I don't really know a lot of them off the top of my head, but what I have heard, it's pop music. You know, I, I don't really have much of an, an opinion about that, but it really speaks to a lot of people. And um, yeah, man, I mean, you just, you just can't argue the success. So props, jealous. I wish I had a billion dollars. Yeah. I wish I could write songs that could produce that kind of stuff. So she's doing something right. Yeah. We got to stop writing about, um, you Coulter know. Bay. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we got to stop right... Well, yeah, either getting thrown out of bars... Um, happy anniversary, Coulter Bay. Happy anniversary, Coulter Bay. Uh, Try auto, the deal. Autoerotic activities. Um, <laughs> all, yeah, all of these things that don't really sell millions. <laughs> oh, man. I did so introduce my guests at the beginning of the show. 
That's right. So, yeah, I, I'm the drummer Ethan of shambles. shambles. Yeah, Ethan <laughs> drums. Ethan drums for, in the band I play bass in. He's the whole band, basically. Me and Joey oh, no. just fuck around, and then Ethan just keeps it all going. <laughs> These are our old neighbors in our old practice spot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Which we can't give away the location of, otherwise Ted will come and chop our doors down and fucking <laughs> yeah. scream at us. Yeah, he fucking will. <laughs> Ted, Ted is he's, he's very, very, very big on guarding that door, but yes, he we was, were... Uh, yeah, he, he was very clear about that when we <laughs> moved in. <laughs> but we were neighbors, we heard each other jamming. Uh, you know, that was when we started... Whenever we were jamming uh, Blink songs, we started throwing uh, like Living Brain Dead or Think So Joe references in. So Joey started going, Say it ain't so, think so, Joe. I caught that the one night at Good Bar. I, we went, John and I went and saw you guys. We caught that and then we took off like right after that song. So, <laughs> Here's a radio show. <laughs> yeah, Go listen to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, dude, this is you're getting you're getting a small taste of shambles practice. If you're wondering why we haven't put out an album in Jesus about four years now, I think it's three days from now is the four year anniversary of Fair. Yeah, Enough. we're pretty close. We're really close. If you want to know why we haven't put out an album in four years, it's because we get to practice, we start practicing, and then it just turns into like word association and fucking around and laughing our asses off. So yeah, that's that's what happens when you're in a band. It was. I want to say it was the same thing in Living Brain Dead, but we actually practiced. <laughs> there were definitely nights when we were down the hall from you where I'd just like hang out outside our practice door and listen to you guys play Blink-182 covers. <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna, we got to get to a song break here. Uh, going on Friday night here in, uh, in Niagara Falls, up at the Evening Star Concert Hall, uh, along with uh, Brookhaven, Tokyo Monsters, and The Impurity. It is Hearts and Hand Grenades. They are an incredible band. You seen them? I have not, no. They are amazing. If you could get out Friday night, check them out down at the Evening Star. Uh, it's Friday, November 17th. Doors at 6.30, ages 18 plus. $10 pre-sale tickets, $15 day of the show. Uh, at Evening Star Concert Hall, 8810 Niagara Falls Boulevard, Niagara Falls, New York, 14304. Uh, I actually made it a point to go and catch hearts and hand grenades over at Music is Art. Uh, they played... Jeez, uh, I don't know if this earlier, later in the day. I don't know. I I made it a point to like let's go catch hearts and hand grenades, and then we'll watch Tuesday night because we're playing right next to them afterward. Um, but uh, I also made it a point to catch this band, Tokyo Monsters, who are playing on this show Friday at the Evening Star. I don't even have that. That's not even the right song queued up. What the fuck is going on here? So Tokyo Monsters is a band I have seen. Yeah, Tokyo Monsters is amazing. Yeah, that's family for us, man. And uh. This is a song from Tokyo Monsters. It's called Criminal on all WNY. Think so, Joe Show. Just by trade Got me feeling 
That was Tokyo Monsters on all WNY. I think so. Joe show the song called Criminal. Catch them at the Evening Star opening for Hearts and Hand Grenades Friday night. If you haven't seen Hearts and Hand Grenades, that's a fucking show, man. Go check it out. Fuck yeah. We booked them on a show. Uh, like, Karina booked them. And she's like, oh, we got Hearts and Hand Grenades. I'm like, are they a Green Day cover band with the name <laughs> Hearts and Hand Grenades? It's the only, like, I never heard Hearts and Hand Grenades until I heard, like, holding my heart like a hand grenade on, you know, on American Idiot. That's a line in one of the songs. And I'm like... Are they a Green Day cover band? No, they are not a fucking Green Day cover band. <laughs> they are their own band. They are all, they are fucking incredible. So, uh, I mean, every band on this show, right? You got uh, Brookhaven, Tokyo Monsters, The Impurity with them. It's a sick lineup. I saw the, was it The Impurity? I think, I think I saw one time. Uh, they were opening for, uh, for fucking uh, Doyle. And oh, really? From, from the Misfits? From the Misfits. Wow. <laughs> and uh, some dude fucking broke his leg. Like, on the floor, like, right in front of me. No shit. And, like, it was at uh, Ironworks. And they're, like, the staff is just trying to figure out what to do about this guy, like, laying on the floor with a fucking broken leg. They're, like, grabbing tables and shit, trying to get him out of it, like, put him on the table and drag it. That wasn't working. They finally, finally EMTs showed up and got the guy out of there. The nice. band had no idea what was going on, so, you know, they just kept playing. Well, oh, everybody, yeah. everybody on the floor is like trying to just kind of not step on this guy, you know. Yeah. So I probably would have rolled him up in a carpet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like reverse Johnny Knoxville with Wee Man. Exactly. Just, like, roll him up in the carpet. Well, and I was thinking like a Swiss roll. I was thinking know. Grandpa Simpson <laughs> in the roll. Grandpa Simpson in the Simpsons movie, but we love him and we got a free rug out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I haven't watched that shit in a while. Jill's got a question: Pop punk songs that people think are easy but are really hard. I don't know. Sounds it's like that. It's not, it's not, nothing we we cover. <laughs> that's, uh, that's for damn sure. No. Uh, a lot of Alkaline Trio songs are actually really, really, really hard, even though they're very simple. Like, the guitar parts are usually really simple, but the drum beats have a lot of syncopation and basically drive the song. So, like, when we're playing, like, especially, like, the stuff off Crimson, like, we rely entirely on you to drive that stuff. Um... Some of the earlier Alkaline Trio stuff, the bass lines are really hard. Like, the bass line for um, that, that song from uh, Tony Hawk's Underground, um, Armageddon, that bass line is hard. Like, it's, it's not incredibly hard, but like you think for like a, a, like a punk band, you're usually just running a root note and then maybe you're hitting a fifth. But like, there's actually like doing, they're doing walking bass lines at like double time throughout the whole song. So like, I would say Alkaline Trio, um, early Green Day, early early Green Day, like like Dookie Green, like fucking Longview. So yeah, we we jam Longview sometimes, and like that's another thing. Like Green, she, she's an, uh, she, yeah, dude. Play that one too. They, they sound so simple, but then when you like learn to play them, it's like oh shit, I did, I never even fucking heard this. Yeah, but it's, it's the, there. It's the transitions for like for that it's, kind of stuff. It's it's the transitions, and then it's for like again, like if you're thinking punk, like I, I'm coming at this from bass because I play bass, you right. know, like, but from a bass perspective, you're anticipating that punk songs are going to be relatively simple and not have too much going on because it's more about rhythm than it is about running a melody. And Mike Durnt is a smart bass player. He does not just play root notes. He does a lot to add color to the songs, and she is a very good example. 
Um, Longview is probably the best example, but most of his songs have something interesting going on in them. So I wouldn't say they're hard necessarily, but they're musically in- intelligent. Fair enough, because I could play all of them. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but like you know, it 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 was a lot more challenging than anticipated to learn those because like like oh that's just straightforward and then it's like oh no that's like completely different in the second verse and then the second part of that is different and then there's a fucking little little bass lick in that you know instrumental part in that in she specifically yes so dude you know. yeah the the um like that's not crazy hard but like that's way better than just running that three chord line and it also uses a bunch of like half steps that you wouldn't think would be in there that add a lot of color to it so yeah i would say if we're going pop punk songs that are not really hard yeah i wouldn't say really hard but they're they're more difficult than you'd expect yeah um I don't know. I don't want to speak for drums. Like you might have more in that, but I think like a lot of newfound glory songs actually have really intricate drum beats in them. Um, but I don't know, man. What do you got, Ethan? What do you think? Yeah, I was gonna say newfound glory, but uh, what what happens with a lot of these pop punk bands is that the more members, the better. Um, so newfound glory sounds a lot more intricate than I think that they really are because they have two guitarists, mm-hmm. a bass lead singer, and a drummer. Um, I would say any three piece uh, pop punk band, the amount of sound. That they're able to put out with just three instruments. Um, those are going to be the main bands that you can focus on when it comes to uh, 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 songs that can be kind of difficult. I mean, obviously, Blink-182, because you have Travis Barker, who is arguably the best punk drum- drummer of all time, depending yeah, on you know, who's saying it. Where you could take a song like Rock Show or First Date, which they were said to have written in studio because they needed a hit for the album. And even though the guitar and the bass kind of seem simple, if you listen to those drum beats... Number one, they're insane, but they also suck. Like they're not even fun to play. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just like, what do you? Why, why are you doing this in this song? But it's it just sounds great. You know, so dude, yeah, absolutely. Like, and and that's that's the best example, really. Is like the probably the hardest pop punk shit to play are Travis Barker's drum lines. Like everything else about that band, it's just two dumbasses that are fucking around writing fun songs and you know having a good time. Yeah, they can come up with a melody, but. You could pick two other dudes and have them write whatever they come up with, and Travis Barker would make it a fucking hit. Well, you were with us when we were doing the Blink cover, and we never actually finished the Blink cover because John and I could not play the end of that song. Yeah. It's deceivingly hard. Yeah. And so that's why we started doing, like, uh, what we would call Blink Outs, and we'd play, like, fucking Rick Astley or, you know, the Proclaimers or some shit, so... Yeah. And And there's also another... That, that's right. Like, like. So wait a minute. Let me let me not get ahead of myself. That's fucking right. And that 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 points out some of the difficulty of it. And and another thing to add on to that is like, when you are like like Ethan's point to having multiple guitar players. Not only does it add to complexity of the sound, but the more you have going on, the easier it is to pick someone up if they fuck up. So if you only have three people making any of the noise and say you're doing a guitar solo and you're relying on the bass to run it steady, even if you're just playing a root note, if you fucking miss a transition and it cuts out, the entire facade falls apart and everyone thinks you fucking suck. Like, you need to be perfect. So that's how a lot of that pop punk shit works. Like, it's just, 
simple, but you need to be consistent. And then you think about the three pieces that we're talking about with Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio and um, uh, Billy Joel Armstrong from Green Day and Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. Not known to be the best guitarist ever, but they'll play rhythm guitar better than any guitarist, big-name guitarist that's out there these days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And also, I want to talk about this because this isn't a band that most people would know, but I've been listening to them lately. Um... I had a copy of Punkarama 3, and that was kind of what introduced me to shit beyond the world of like Weird Al Yankovic and Ska and New Metal. Uh, and there's a band on there called Oscar that was only around from like 1998 to like 2002. They put out two albums, but I've been listening to them again over and over the last couple days. And they're a band where their songs are simple and deceptively difficult. Their bass player is very expressive. Their guitar, uh, you know, the guitar work has a lot of like counter melodies running under it while he's singing and the drummer just drives the whole fucking thing. So like, it's that same thing. There's, there's simple songs that have complexity in the arrangements and some of it is difficult to do. So I don't know, I guess I would add that on there. Listen to Oscar, that band should be way more important than they are. And, you know. Pretty sure I had Punkarama 3. I just cannot think of what song was there, so. Oh, fifth track. And I am not doing all right. I Fucking awesome. I, I got it on one of these phones over here, so. Oh, dude, check them out, man. Their second album, Idol Will Kill, is like a template for the direction of, like, emotional punk rock. Like, not emo, but, like, um, like emotionally expressive lyrics as opposed to the hardcore shouting a simple emotion. You know, like, they're awesome. I was sitting here uh, maybe a month ago, and I got this, uh, here's here's your tracking number from 1234Go Records, and I'm like, what the fuck did I order from them? And I looked it up, and it's like, oh, I pre-ordered this uh, re-release of this All record, because you're always fucking talking up All, so I was like... It's my favorite fucking band, dude. I I was like, I gotta get this, right? So I got that, and you, I sent you a picture of it, and you're like, hey, fair warning about this one track, and... Uh, like, by the time that track came on, I don't think I was, like, paying attention, so I could give that, that uh, uh, another spin, because kind of just got distracted or whatever, you know. No, I it feel happens. you. <laughs> it's, it's, that's a tough one, too, because I'm glad you got that record, because there's some awesome songs on that one, but, like, in my opinion, that is their weakest record with that singer. Um, Which one is this? Uh, Pummel. Oh, okay. Right. That was their major label record that they put out in, I think, 95. Um, they had been, I think they were releasing stuff on Cruise up until then, um, and Scott Reynolds left, and they signed um, uh, Chad Price, who was also the singer in Drag the River, um, and they brought him on. They did this album called Breaking Things that is phenomenal, and then they got signed to a major label, and around this time, they also started opening for other bands, so like at one point, all was opening for Less Than Jake, even though it's basically the Descendants with a different lead singer, but they were getting out to like a newer audience. They signed with a major label and they put out this record pummel that like, it's way different than a lot of their other albums. It's really heavy. A lot of it is slowed down and it's dark. There's a lot less like self-deprecation and being goofy and a lot more actual sorrow. And it's really cool in a lot of ways, but some of the songs aren't as strong as I wish they would be. And there is one tune on there that they have since disavowed and they were trying to be funny and provocative, and it's just pretty much not good. 
So I don't know. But I, I am glad you bought that record because there's a couple songs on there that are fucking awesome. Awesome. I've been actually trying to kind of like listen to bands I never really, you know, got into before. So I've been trying to like kind of if I if I see an album by somebody like I've heard of this band. I'm not real familiar. I know a song. Maybe, I, you know, I'll grab it. I grabbed. So like around the same time I got that, I got uh, Jawbreaker. It's one of my favorite that's, bands. That's your man. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Ethan. Oof. I was going to bring him up during the pop pop punk uh, question, <laughs> but not a lot of people know who they are. But, you know, I would say Descendants and Jawbreakers are the the, the godfathers of pop punk. Um, and I mean, honestly, Jawbreakers, 24 hour revenge therapy. That's the one I got. Yeah. And, uh, their album, Dear You are two of my favorite albums. And they have been since I was a teenager and I'm, I'm happy that you're listening to them cause they're fucking great. Love them. I think I, I, I'd heard of them before and I never really like listened to them, but I was watching the, uh, I want to say it was the punk rock MBA on YouTube and he was talking about, you know, how Jawbreaker just didn't get a fair shake because like Green Day got signed before them and all that. So, yep. Uh, kind of was like, let me let me check you know let, let me check out this album because like the clips he was playing, I'm like I I, I dig this, I got I want to hear this, so I found a copy of the record on Amazon and picked it up. I got that, I gave it a spin, pretty good record. Yeah, I mean I've I've seen them a couple times and um, just kind of one of those bands that I've just always kind of stuck by. And like you said before, when it comes to the the pop punk explosion of the '90s with Green Day and the Offspring. You know, unfortunately, bands like Jawbreaker were kind of uh, fallen by the wayside, even though, you know, they, they're from Brooklyn. So, I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of those East Coast bands didn't get the love that they deserved in, in the early 90s because of all the West Coast bands. It, it, almost, so. it, it almost feels like, you know, everybody was signing everybody and just bands were falling through the cracks and Jawbreaker just seemed to be one of those. 100%. So I've actually got... Uh, the singer from Jawbreaker, he was in another band after that called Jets to Brazil. And I one have of my one. favorite bands. Yeah. I, have, I have one of their albums. Which so one do you have? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I know Orange, after I, Orange Rhyming Dictionary is, is one of my favorite albums of all time. I don't think yeah. it's that one. Uh, I But after I got after I saw the video and like, real, oh, that's the dude from Jawbreaker. Like I gave that record another spin. I got that uh, through like a vinyl club thing. Yeah, I... I've been telling these guys, you know, my, my bandmates to listen to them forever. I don't think my brother really cares for them. <laughs> I don't think Ryan's given them a listen yet. But I, I haven't done the deep dive, but when I'm hanging out with neighbor Dan in the garage, I, I, I'm trying to remember it, and I can't because we're talking, but there's one Jawbreaker song that always fucking comes on, and it is such a fucking banger, and it's it's off that album. Um, I'll think of it in the break. I'll Google it or something, but, like, I like them, and uh, me and Natalie put on the fucking... Um, when we were listening to a lot of uh, what the fuck was it? We were listening to like like uh, like Husker Du and like Minutemen and shit. And on Spotify, like when the album finishes, it shows you other shit that it's like, oh, we'll recommend this to you. And uh, you know, fucking Jawbreaker would come on, Jets to Brazil would come on, Mission to Burma fucking came on. You know, all of that shit yeah. that you've been telling us we need to listen to for years. So don't worry, I'm getting there slowly. <laughs> <laughs> but for the time being, I'm just going to keep listening to, you know, an Oscar album from 2001 over and over. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's funny because if you ask any of these bands that we're, we're bringing up right now with Alkaline Trio and Blink and, and whatever, you ask them their biggest influences, they're going to say Descendants and Jawbreaker. For sure. Yeah. Mission of Burma, you know, um, well, all those it, 80s kind of uh, post-punk bands, you know. Yeah. So Well, and that's the other thing is is, so I do know my Descendants and I know all and like, you know, we were saying, like, a bunch of bands fell through the cracks when there was this punk explosion in the 90s where you had, like, you know, like, 
I think the one everyone thinks really kicked it off is like Green Day, but there was definitely like like Green Day, Offspring, Rancid. Uh, then it went to like No Doubt, and then Blink One Eighty Two came out of it. That whole fucking scene, and like forgotten in the midst of that, the one that did fall through the fucking cracks was the Descendants. And part of that was they didn't have Milo as a singer at the time, but they dropped that album, Everything Sucks, in 1997, and they kind of got like relegated to this like fourth tier status while Travis Barker is up on stage with a Milo tattoo playing. You know, and he's like, he's like, dude, I wouldn't, we wouldn't have, ha-, like uh, Mark Hoppus says it in the Descendants documentary. He's mm-hmm. like, without the Descendants, there is no Blink 182. And he was saying that the, 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 the bass playing, by, um, oh God, what's his name? Tony Lombardo on Milo Goes to College was his template for everything he ever wrote. So it's like, yeah, th- those bands are fucking critical. They were the first ones to like, as they say in the, the Descendants documentary, like listen to hardcore and listen to the Beach Boys, you know, and blend that melody with the aggression. And like, uh, yeah, I I love that, and those bands do need more credit. So you're fucking Absolutely. right. I have Spotify. I will go listen to Jawbreaker when I get home. It's it's easy to <laughs> with music, especially. It's so easy to fall into patterns of listening to the same things. Absolutely you enjoy it. So you know, one thing I will say to anybody that's listening is just give give bands give bands not a shot. Don't think that you're too cool or too or it's too hip hip to listen to something. Just give it an honest right. try, and if you like it, man, it's it could be you know a whole discography that you didn't know that you might really really enjoy. That's fucking right, dude, because you were all fucking about the Smiths and shit, and people were giving you shit about it until... Well, fuck it... Morrissey, but I love the Smiths. Exactly. <laughs> and then every, it took it took everyone so long to realize, like, no, the Smiths are fucking great. They're I listen, incredible. I listened, to, I listened to The Queen is Dead today, and it's just a fantastic album. All the Metallica shows I went to last year, it was they were opened by Ice Nine Kills and Greta Van Fleet. Mm. In that order, for whatever reason. And in Pittsburgh, I'm I'm standing next to this girl, and you know she's like, "Is this band any good?" That's coming up, and I'm like, "Look, talking about Greta Van Fleet." Oh. <laughs> I said, "Look, if you like music, you're gonna like this band. But if you're one of those people who's like, no, it's gotta be fucking metal, like you're gonna hate this.'" And I turned to her at the end of the set, and she's got her fucking oh. hands over her ears. Yeah. She's like, "I would never go see them again." I'm like. I'd go see them at their own show. They don't belong on this, but I would go see them at their own show because I think they'd be so much better. Ice Nine Kills, too, uh, to an extent, would be so much better on their own show than a fucking Metallica show. But that's, uh, for Ice Nine Kills, it's because of the size of the fucking stage. With the yeah. theatrics that they do, that's something that you want to have in front of you, not all around you. Yeah, yeah. It's and also like it is it's just mixed bill enough but when you're a band like Metallica where everyone is expecting this one specific thing sure. it's really difficult to be like hey this band is different but check them out and i actually think that's kind of cool of Metallica doing that cuz like you know we saw them it was like a fucking year ago or whatever uh yeah, maybe it was over the summer i don't remember when it was at uh, 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 Highmark Stadium last and, year, yeah, and it was fucking cool. Like it was, it was a good show, and I'm like, cool. I get to see like some different bands that I like and stuff. But that's a lot riskier than like when people are doing a mixed bill show, you know, with like a 500 head room. You so know, that, so that stage you saw them on last year at Highmark, yeah, would fit in the snake pit of the stage they played on at fucking Ford Field. No shit. Okay. So that's that's how big this fucking stage is that they're that they're playing this uh, on this tour. And just, um, it's, so, like, 
Every Metallica show I go to, I, Jasmine, who's in the chat, I shoot whiskey in the jar for her if they're playing it. Mm. And I always shoot uh, Enter Sandman for my mom, just because my mom, before the Buffalo show last year, was like, oh, Motley Crue was in town yesterday, and somebody went on Facebook Live, and they shared <laughs> the whole show, and they said, uh, you know, and, and it felt like being there. I'm like, oh, you want to feel like being there. So we're up front for fucking Metallica <laughs> at, at Highmark, and, like, so I got that. And then we knew, it, but they were on the, like, they were, they played it early and they played it, like, on the edge of the snake pit, like, the furthest they could get out into the crowd, right? So when we went to Pittsburgh a few days later for the same show, we knew right where to go to start the show. We were right there when they played Enter Sandman. We were so close that we could hear Lars's drums over, like, before they come through the PA. <laughs> nice. So I, and, and of course, we are right there, right up front. We're like one person between us and the guardrail. So I'm taking the video for my mom, and we're getting thrashed around. And I'm like, here, this is what it feels like to be in a Metallica show, you know? Nice. Um, but, but back to the point is like, yeah, you know, I, I, used to, I used to be that guy. We're like, oh, fucking metal, you know? And like, no, I can't, like, I can't advocate for that. Like, I, and secretly I was listening to shit like Dr. Dre and, Tupac and Biggie and fucking, you know, the shit I still listen to today. And like, you know, I knew the boy band shit, but I wasn't like super into it then. And now I'm like, yo, fucking in sync, let's go. Yeah, fucking uh, right. But like, like you know, you, you can't just limit yourself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're missing out on so much by just being like, no, I'm only, I only listen to heavy metal. Iron Maiden or nothing. Yeah, you know, like, fucking right. Like, music is fucking... Yeah, I, I don't say music is music. Your expression is your expression. But, like, yeah, fucking music is music, man. People are making different shit. I, like, it's that turnstile show that we didn't get to go because of the fucking snowstorm. Snail Mail was fucking opening. I want to go see that shit, and those bands do not match up. And, you know, go back to Fugazi from earlier. Like, when Fugazi was going on tour in the fucking 90s and shit, they were bringing Beat Happening with them. And, like, Beat Happening has no business being on a punk rock bill, and they got fucking booed, and someone fucking chucked an, like, there's a video of it, someone fucking chucks an ashtray, and it fucking hits Calvin Johnson in the head, and fucking, uh, how do you, is it Ian McKay or Ian McKay? McKay. Ian McKay fucking walks out, and he's just, I fucking love it, he's just like, all of you motherfuckers are less punk than that guy, like, and I'm like, awesome, awesome, <laughs> that's fucking right, like, well, it's like the one the one fucking song on the Jawbreaker album is is like you know you're not punk yeah and I'm telling everyone like yeah it's probably their most popular which, song which is which yeah. is why I, which is why I picked that album to buy is because like yo that that's a cool line and I had never heard that song until I saw that video and I was like yo I gotta I gotta I gotta check this band out fuck yeah but dude. like being at the Motown Museum the other day and I I you know I I I put three in, uh, an Instagram post up every day the first day. Uh, was Friday morning of the line outside the Metallica like pop-up shop in downtown Detroit. Like Metalhead today's adventure, Metalheads of Motown. Next day, we're in line to go, you know, I, I took a picture of the outside of the fucking Hitsville, USA. Today's adventure, Metalheads at actual fucking Motown. And the next day was like, today's adventure, Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo Boys in the Snake Pit. But because um, it was, uh, it was uh, me and my buddy Dennis and a couple of dudes from the Long Cold Dark. But uh, but I'm, I'm talking to my friend Dennis. I'm like, look, you know, like, you can say what you want about the Beatles. You can feel how you feel about fucking John Lennon or whatever. You can't deny their influence. Just like you can't deny the influence of fucking Motown 
on literally everything that's out there right now. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's there's people like, oh, I fucking hate the Beatles. Oh, well, how could you listen to fucking Motown, man? Like, no, that is it. Like, you, you, you're depriving yourself if you're not listening to as much as you can. Well, that's right. And, like, that, that whole I hate the Beatles thing, like, I get it when you're trying to do it just to piss someone off. That's sure. kind of funny. But, like, if that's really the way your brain is working... Generally, all you're doing is being oppositional because you think that's going to make you sound smarter than you are. It's fucking dog shit. Like, you should try to like everything. And if you really don't like it, that's okay. But I don't know. I don't know if I believe them. (laughs) I I, I can't see that. Yeah. That opinion is just, it's such a bad take to say that you hate the Beatles and the Beatles suck. Yeah. that's That's a terrible thing to say. I do like the take that Harris Whittles had, which is like, (laughs) <laughs> which is like, say the Silver Sun pickups were born in Liverpool in the 60s and realized that if we distort our guitars and shout a little bit, then it will, you know, be very interesting to people. So for that reason, I think the Silver Sun pickups are as good as the Beatles. Like, I do agree that the Beatles got to discover rock and roll, but that doesn't change the fact that they fucking set the template, you know? All of that shit came out of them, and they kept changing their sound, and it's all fucking good. Like, there's no misses in basically their whole catalog. So, but then why, I, why didn't Silver Sun Pickups write Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? Well, because it was already made. But that's a good point. Colonel Salt's, like, together people's <laughs> disco group. <laughs> like, like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like music and you're looking for something to do on Friday night and you're in Rochester, uh, there's a show going on with the Atomic Bitchwax headlining. Uh, they are they originated as a side project of Monster Magnet lead guitarist Ed Mundell, ex-Godhead bassist and vocalist Chris Kosnick, and drummer Keith Ackerman. So that's the headliner. Uh, and on the bill with them is the Ginger Faye Bakers and Baba Yaga. And we're going to play a track from the Ginger Fay Bakers right now called Los Paranoias on All WNY. Big So Joe Show. Three minutes, Ryan. Three minutes.
Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, hey, we're back. <laughs> Your mic was the first one to go on as you were saying, oh, right. <laughs> oh, right, we're back. Yeah, oh, right, we're back. The Ginger Faye Bakers, Los Paranoia is the name of the song. They're at the Bug Jar on Friday night with uh, Baby Yaga and the Atomic Bitch Wax. Fuck yeah, fun yeah. weekend in Rochester this weekend. Get out to the Bug Jar. <laughs> lot going on. <laughs> Grab some Zweigels. Yeah, get, go to Dogtown and get a fucking plate. And, then and apologies to, to the Ginger Fade Bakers because my mic wasn't off when I was telling Ryan how much time he had to run oh, to the bathroom. Yeah, so. he goes, oh, three minutes. Yeah, dude, because I got to... Yeah, I'm was, like, oh, wait, hey, that I, I hit I hit the wrong mute button, so mine was not muted. Oh, dude, yeah, I just, I just drink coffee all day, and then when I'm on the show, yeah, I have a couple beers. Yeah, you got to go to the bathroom, so thanks, Joe. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Jill, Jill took John out to see uh, Microwave out in Rochester the other day. Oh, well, that's cool. I've heard good things about them. Says he loves them now, and she's hoping to get him uh, exposed to the Bump and Uglies next month. Ooh, the oh, Bump and Uglies. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I'm dragging John out to see Bush next month. By the way, we're not here next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, show next Wednesday. I, I, I am dragging John out to see Bush. All right, I'd go see Bush. I'd I go see Bush. The, the band that's opening for them, I can't think of their name off the top of my head right now, but I played one of their songs yesterday, and I was like, I know this fucking song, and I don't know where I know it from. So I'm like, it's got to be in like a video game soundtrack or something, because I've heard this song multiple fucking times and it's not, and I don't know where I fucking heard this song from. I gotta let me figure out who the fuck this band is. Yeah, tell me. I'm super curious now. I gotta know. I gotta fucking know. This is like this is like what I'm the best at is I know like shit that has appeared in one place, but not the entire discography. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh yeah, that band, yeah, they appeared in this long forgotten movie from 1994. This skate video. I don't fucking know. Really yeah. sorry. <laughs> skate video. So the band is called Eva Under Fire. I don't know and that. Let me see if I can. And I don't want to play I don't want to I don't want to play a clip on the show because I don't get I'll get yelled at. So <laughs> you know. Um maybe when we get to your track at the end of the Oh, word, yeah. The song, we'll get, the song we'll is called... Listen. That's just for us, not for you. The guys. song is called Unstoppable. And I swear, it, it must be in a commercial or something. I, I have no idea. Just, I, I know I've heard this song a million fucking times. And I'm like, okay, I know this song. Why the fuck do I know this song? And it's bugging me. Hmm. So, you know. Fuck yeah. Well, now you know. Yeah. And now you're going to see him. I'm going, cool. going to see him next Wednesday. So, uh, at, uh, over at uh, Riverworks. Nice. So... Dude, yeah. fucking sick. Man, yeah, I, don't, a, I don't know if I have anything on the fucking horizon. I gotta get some tickets for some shit. We just saw Tool in Rochester last that's week. Right. That yep. was pretty last sick. Last Monday. That looked like a cool show. I saw people's videos from it, so... <laughs> it was fun. It wasn't as good as when they played in Buffalo, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. They drive me nuts. That I, I really like their music, and I also, like, really despise their self-righteousness with the whole, like... If you have a phone out, you will be thrown out of the show because people are meant to experience things together. Like, shut the fuck up. People experience things differently now. You're not as important as you think you are. Meanwhile, if you go on my Instagram, you see Rob Trujillo staring right into my fucking camera. No, that's fucking right, because that's what people do now. Well, you and pay, like, money. pay money to go. Yeah, dude, like, you Let buy a ticket to go in, and, like, I get that it's art, fine, we're all having fun, but, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know, like, I... I the, the music you create is art, and it is an expression, and also when people are paying a ticket to be there, you don't get to fucking dictate their behavior, you fucking asshole. Like, just let someone take a picture and be happy. Don't throw them out. So, like, 
that shit drives me a little nuts, but they are really good live, and they put on an awesome fucking show. And, like, it was an off night. Like, we were talking about it fucking practice, and yeah. it was still a good show. So, you know, it's good shit. Yeah, I think uh, the Bush thing is the only thing I got tickets for right now, so I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. Yeah, I, guess. I saw Flogging Molly's coming to town. Really? When's that? Dude, I'll go see Flogging Molly. Dude, I know. That's, this is that whole thing <laughs> that you you don't like like Irish punk bands. And I'm it's like, not dude, that like, I don't like them. It's that I never need to see another one of them again. Oh, uh, dude. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with him. Uh, fuck both of you guys. I, I love you dude, both, I, but fuck I've you. I've seen... I've seen Dropkick so many times in the last two years, oh. and it's all because I want to see the opening bands. Yeah, because you want to go see the Interrupters. I saw, like I saw them with the Interrupters twice time. in the last two months. I saw them with fucking Rancid. Mm-hmm. I saw them with the fucking Bomb Pops. So it's like... That's cool. It's, I mean, and, and, those are good lineups. Like, I would want to see those opening bands too, but like... The fact remains that, like, yeah, I get it. Like, Dropkick Murphys are an institution now, and I haven't listened to anything that they've put out since, like, Signed and Sealed in Blood or whatever the fuck that album was in, like, 2013. But, like, I love that band. Like, and they're every, awesome. Everybody I saw them with at Riverworks, we all left before they were done. Oh, Every single one. We were all, we were all there for the, me. We were all there for the Interrupters. We'd all already seen the show three weeks earlier, uh. and we're like... You know, well, so uh, the one the one friend had to drive back to Albany. Mm. My other friends were going to Fest the next day, so mm-hmm. they had like a 5 a.m. flight. And I wanted to get out of there because I figured I'd had to walk back across the bridge to catch the bus, and I, want, I wanted to be out of there before all the drunk people left. Okay, so so, so all of these points all of had these a, things... And all good yeah. reasons. These are all good and reasonable reasons, and... Quite frankly, if you're like, I just didn't want to see Dropkick, that's also a good and reasonable reason. But, like, that band is awesome, and I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like, like, I, I'll say I, that, I, I will say they put on a, a great live show. They do. They it's do. just, I've seen it so many goddamn times. Uh, that uh, and, and Them and fucking Flogging Molly, that it all fucking blends together for me. Uh, My other problem with Dropkick is their songs do not fucking end when they should. So I will give you that. <laughs> um, if like, you, oh, okay, that, that was a great song. Oh, it's not over yet. They have an acoustic part now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, I really noticed that about, like, the last album that I thought they had reasonably length songs were fucking the meanest of times. And, like... Even on that album, yeah, most of their songs are about three minutes long. Great, that's totally fine. But there were 17 fucking tracks on the album. That is too many. And they had a Thin Lizzy cover on there, which I love Thin Lizzy, but I don't think we need that fucking cover. But whatever. Anyways, yes, their songs do go too long, but I stand by it. I love that band. I think they're fucking great. I like I like their songwriting. I like the fucking street punk edge to it. It's, I don't know, man. Whatever. I like it. <laughs> Jill wants terrible band name ideas. Terrible band name ideas? 7-1 Sickness. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> is that real? Yes. Am I trashing someone's band? That, that is a real... That is a real... <laughs> well, sorry. <laughs> God smack. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was... We were talking... We were watching fucking Five Finger Death Punch the other day, and my, and my buddy Drew... Just the looks on his face while they're fucking playing. He's just... Like, just fucking, like... Just making these ridiculous faces. And they have this one song that just goes, Burn, motherfucker, burn, motherfucker, burn! Like, over and over again. And I leaned over to him. And my buddy Dennis is, like, super into this. I lean past Dennis. I'm like, 
Drew, what do you think he's edgy lyrics? He's like, oh man, I'm gonna cut myself on this edge. Oh. So edgy. <laughs> and at the end of the set, I turn to him. I say, so what do you think, Drew, your new favorite band? He says, I'm embarrassed for them. Oh no. <laughs> but, but I tell him that like every the two times I've seen him this year with Metallica, I put on I put a picture of them on Facebook and I put, hey look, five finger fruit or fruit or five flavor fruit punch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I know this girl is gonna get super fucking mad about it. <laughs> and so I text her, I'm like, yo, I'm I'm seeing five flavor fruit punch again. <laughs> and I'm telling him the story of when I posted that on Facebook, and she was like well, they're so much better than Metallica. I'm like, well, yeah, that's why 80,000 people are staring at their fucking phones right now watching this fucking band. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'm going to go see Stained in Godsmack. So I tell Drew this story. Uh, I, I tell Drew this story and he goes, yeah, tell her to enjoy her Trump rally. <laughs> uh, I'm like, that's basically what I fucking told her. Dude. She texted God. me because I told her like... We were trashing Godsmack at the Bills game the other night. <laughs> well, I, so I, I tell her like... Fucking stain like Aaron Lewis is known to like spout conspiracy theories, like right wing conspiracy theories on oh, stage. Yeah. So she texts me the next day and she's like, he didn't really spout any conspiracy theories, but he was really cold to the audience. It was not fun. Godsmack was good. And I, I've seen Godsmack. Godsmack is not bad live. And like I seen them when they were fucking popular. So Yeah. Like during the mummy days? I, I the saw mummy returns. <laughs> I saw them in two thousand four. I saw back in the so first Bre- the first they, the first Brendan Fraser arc. They were on Metallica's Saint Anger tour, so Oh god. Man. Oh man. Dude, that's another one. Like you know how much Joe loves Metallica. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Are you and, are you and, a Saint Anger fan? I Brian it was one of Brian's favorite albums, like like his top 12 favorite albums of all time. Come like, on. And so like when they play songs off St. Anger, which the last like five times I've seen them, they've played Dirty Window. It's like, I'm going to enjoy this because Brian would have fucking enjoyed it. Like otherwise, I, I feel if you cut those first two songs off, it's a pretty good album. What were the first two? St. Anger and Frantic. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fr- Frantic, it's, uh, I, yeah. I saw someone talking about this online the other day, and I'm trying to be less online because I'm verging on terminally online, so, like, I need to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. But I saw someone talking about how bad basically all of the lyrics on that album are, except for my lifestyle determines my death style, which is is a bad lyric, (laughs) but it's actually, like a very honest thing that probably came directly out of him being in AA. Actually, I'm pretty sure <laughs> you know? if you watch some the some kind of monster document, I'm pretty sure Kirk wrote that line. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Was he the, the alcoholic? Guitar, no, that was James. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm well, pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a lot of those lyrics are bad because, like, they let Kirk write some of them. So mm. And, uh, you know, let him do his thing with the fucking see, wah pedal. <laughs> see, and that just fucking kills it right there because it's like, like, I can't shit on a lyric if it's honest, even if it seems cringy. But if he just came up with that and like he wa- he wasn't in like therapy and he wasn't trying to, like, it's it's so it cringy. might it could have been it's that, so but I, 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 I think it was Kirk. Somebody will. Oh man, I'm sure nobody watching right now has seen that movie, so I'll probably just have to go watch it myself again. Oh no, it was James. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, I'm being judgmental. Whatever that album is fine. It's just it's. I don't know. The snare sound is so bad. I will say that the un, the unnamed Ugh. feeling is probably the most underrated song in the entire Metallica catalog. 
Uh, so I besides maybe the outlaw torn off a load. So I haven't listened to this album since Cold was relevant. So I don't know any. Like the band Cold? <laughs> yeah, the band Cold. Wow, that's a, that's a pull right there. Because I got, dude, I got fucking my my. I had a friend. I had two mics that lived adjacent in Kitty Corner to me. Mike Conrad lived right next door to me. He's a chef in Detroit right now. And then my buddy Mike Mogray lived Kitty Corner to me in the back. And uh, uh, he is, I think he's selling, like, pharmaceuticals or something. But either way. Legally? Both. Uh, I mean, who knows at this point <laughs> in time. But both great dudes. Awesome fucking hanging out with them growing up. Mike Mogray, super into metal uh, and had a lot of albums. And I remember going over and, like, I got a lot of awesome shit from him. I got, like, all the Offspring albums. And I got, uh, you know what? I can't even think of it right now. But I also got, like... A bunch of like Limp Bizkit, and uh, I got Metallica's Saint Anger from him. And oh man, Saint Anger didn't sit well with me. Like that album, <laughs> that album didn't work. Like, to, be, just... to be fair, <laughs> on that show that I saw him in 2004, that they're touring for this album, they literally played one song off the album. They played Saint Anger. They played the intro riff from Some Kind of Monster, but they fucking the only song that off the album they played was Saint Anger. See, I would take Saint Anger over Frantic. I would take Saint Anger over most of the rest of the rest of the too. songs on the album. I absolutely would. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that's a great song, but it's it's got kind of a hook to it. It feels almost kind of like a hardcore song. Like, I, I whoa, can whoa, whoa, I can take easy. that. I don't hey, know about that. Hey, I said kinda like a. <laughs> all right, there's no solo. There's a whole bunch of repetitive rhythmic parts, and it's a very simple, pointed vocal delivery well, when in they, the melody. When they play those St. Anger songs now, they have guitar solos in them when well, they play them live. Uh, well, I, they I, are! What the fuck? Stick with what you were doing! <laughs> trying to, try, I'm trying to think what songs I've seen. I know I've seen them play St. Anger. I've seen them play Frantic. I've seen them play Dirty Window a bunch of times. I can't remember what the fuck else. I think they might have played something else. At the at the fortieth anniversary show, because I know they were doing each night they were doing songs off of each album. So they did like first night was Kill 'Em All through Hardwired because that was the latest at the time, and then second night was Hardwired back to Kill 'Em All, and they played something off of. But I think maybe like they played Saint Anger one night, Frantic the next night, or Dirty and and Dirty Window on one of those nights, and it was like okay, I'm gonna enjoy. I put post a video. I'm gonna enjoy this for you, Brian. Like if you saw my Facebook post, we were right by the monitors and the teleprompters. Because all these big bands have fucking teleprompters, it's not just Metallica, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're right by the prompter, so when they're playing Dirty Window, I kind of put my phone over and took a picture of the fucking monitor, and that's what I posted on uh, on Facebook, like, yep, miss you, Brian, <laughs> you know? Hell yeah, man. But uh, ter terrible band name ideas. We kind of got off on a tangent. Yeah, here. sorry. That, I mean, I just I felt bad because I trashed an actual band, but I, oh, no, 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 it's, that, it's fine, that just hurt it's for a minute. Basically, any any band name where your name is a pun, like there's a reason ska bands got trashed immediately following the ska wave, and they fucking deserved it. Stop naming your band after the type of music you do. It's weird. Like, I wore a real big fish shirt to a show the day of a Warped Tour. I, I went out and we went to see, I think, like Breaker Box or something down at uh, Ironworks. And some guy comes up to me and says, oh, man, that's a great shirt, man. Yeah, you know, I went fishing. I caught some bass and I caught some. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he doesn't like a, realize this is oh, a buddy. band T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, you're going to have a hard time explaining it to him because he totally 
misread the first word on the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because it is real, R-E-E-L, so it is real big fish. Oh, oh, so it's an instruction, not a uh, not a <laughs> description. Got it. Yeah. Th- that's <laughs> literally the pun, is it's real big fish. Uh, <laughs> and it was a Dr. Seuss parody shirt, so <laughs> uh, like okay. one fish, two fish, red fish, real big fish, or something like that. That's pretty cool. They, yeah. Okay, so that's awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I'm sorry, Jill. I don't have any terrible band name ideas right now. I can only just make the same dumb joke I would make with Shambles. Terrible band name. <laughs> it was supposed to be. We thought it would be the Shambles at first, but or in Shambles was another mm-hmm. another idea. We decided Shambles. Yeah, there was a the Shambles already, so we're like, fuck it, Shambles. We can't find one. Guess what? There's a shitload of them. <laughs> oh yeah, if you go, if you go try and find your music on streaming services, it's very difficult. It makes it really. <laughs> That's because we have no listeners too. But hey, it makes it really hard for us to describe how to get to us. We're like, yeah, we're Shambles. We're on Spotify. You got to look for the album that has the big blue water tower on it. Hope you know what that means. If it's not that one, it's got the grain elevator. Like we should change our name to something. Yeah, absolutely luckily ridiculous. I know what your album covers are, or else we'd be probably playing somebody else tonight instead of you. That's, that's so right. We start the song, you'd be like, "That's not us. What the fuck?" And that's happened on the show before because we've had bands with similar with similar names, and they're like, "No, that's the other band with that name." Like, oh, dude. I mean, we've had we've 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 had fucking shows that are happening in like New Orleans and shit. Tag us. <laughs> and for a while, I responded to him, and then after a while, I just stopped. I was like, hey, you know what? All right, it's funnier if I just leave this. Like, let's just see what the fuck happens. Like, this band clearly knows they're supposed to be there. So let's see if they choose to correct it. They rarely do. There's another living brain dead out there. It's not a band. It's a brand of some sort. I don't know exactly know what they do, but we're buddies with them. Like, we, we like they watched our live stream. They were commenting on our live stream because, like, we would get tagged... And it's like, it's like, yeah, you guys, I'm fine with you guys having this name, but I had this name since like 2011. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to sue you, but also like, I'm watching you. Pretty your, much. Your pretty use much. of our intellectual property. Pretty mm, much. No, nah, we're, 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 we're calling you out. You know, I don't think they do much anymore. If anything, I don't even know if they still have their page, but like it was for a minute. It's like, mm-hmm. there's the living brain dead and the living brain dead, like <laughs> with a space in between. So. Sounds like um, they'd be like a manufacturing, I don't know, acid or something. The, the story with that uh, with that shitty band name, though, is that John was trying to start a band and got kicked out because he didn't like the name that they came up with. So, um, Really? Yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> All right, so let's hear this. What name? Well, no, no, that was the 7 one, that was 7-1 Sickness. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Nice it's, job getting out, it's, John. It's, and you fucking cringed as soon as I said it, right? So and it hurt my soul. <laughs> it, it, it's clearly a bad band name. Well, I'm always, like, John's always trying to start new bands, and he's always telling, oh, this is what the band's going to be called. I'm like, that is the dumbest fucking name, dude. Like, and, it, <laughs> and it's usually just, like, because you can't fucking market it. You can't Google it. If you Google it, you're going to get a million other things. Yeah. Like, if you Google the living brain dead, you're finding us. You know, like, yeah. he was in a band, and they were they were going to call themselves, like, Once Upon a Time or some shit like that. I'm like, that is the dumbest that. fucking idea. Do not call yourself that. Yeah. Nobody's going to be able to fucking find you. Yeah, they're going to be looking you up, and they're going to find that fucking show that ran on CBS or NBC or whatever about the fucking Disney princesses in real-world situations that was from, like, 2007. Like... And also, it's not really very descriptive of what they were trying to do because we were in on one of their practices. That's right, yeah. Like, 
But like fucking, I don't know, like seven one sickness. My problem with that is like one, it's the thing I said already. It's like, okay, so you're leaning way too hard into this is a description of the music we play, which you shouldn't do anymore. We're we're post-ironic now, so you shouldn't obviously I'm fucking around. But the other thing is you're really, really, really limiting your market of relatability by sticking seven one and then a pun in the title. Because nobody outside of the greater Buffalo area is going to understand what the fuck you're talking about. There's 300,000 people in the metropolitan area. You want to be bigger than that. It doesn't make any sense. Don't pick a region-specific pun. And on top of that, we're getting another area code. Yeah, like, it it doesn't make any fucking sense. Your audience is about to get halved, dude. Yeah. Like, I, and, and like, and you know, we joke all the time because we have this name Shambles that, like, it is hard to find. There are other Shambles out there. Yeah. But, like, we don't really give a fuck. That fits with our vibe. And sure. we can be whoever the fuck we want on any given night on stage. So, like, I'm going to run with that. Well, that's like, like a XM Priory. When they, when they were starting, there was another, there was a rapper who was going by XM Priory. Mm. And they fucking, they copyrighted the name, and they, they got him to change his. That makes sense, so. because they could, you know, how, how would they be able to copyright the name, though? Because it's the name of the mansion in that H.P. Lovecraft story, dude, The Rats know. in the Walls. I think you, for, for a specific use, right? I mean, you're the lawyer, I don't well, know. Maybe like, for a specific use, but I would think that since it's already been something that was copywritten and then Maybe, entered, maybe not entered, copy, uh, tra- trademarked. I could see trademarked. trademarked. It was copywritten and entered the public domain. Yeah. I don't know. By the way, that story's great, but fucking problematic as shit in today's times. The name <laughs> of the cat? Can't say it. Won't say it. Go read The Rats in the Walls. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say yeah. the cat's name. <laughs> is Shambles trademarked? No, we can't. It's too generic. Come on. But we are an LLC. That's so right. We're good. Shambles, Shambles Sucks LLC. That's, that's, that's what right. we need to do. Shambles Sucks LLC, <laughs> baby. That is, that's probably the next thing. Trademark the name and fucking form the LLC. Fuck so. yeah. Well, you'll be able to trademark it because you've already been using it, so no one else can take it out from under you. I've ha- so. I, I can prove I've had the name since, like, 2011. Yeah. I just, we just never used it until 2019. It was, um... Like when I got out of when I got out of the Think So Brain, it was what I was gonna call my next band, and then just shit never panned out, and mm. so I just had this name fucking sitting there, Facebook page and all, and uh, actually on the show, fucking Laura like comment, hey, you remember the Living Brain? I'm like, that was such a good fucking name, and then I bought the fucking domain name back. So this is like. <laughs> And then, dude, yeah, you own the fucking domain name and shit. No, nobody's ever yeah. taken that from you. And then, and then file once, the LLC paperwork yeah. so you can like file your taxes and shit. Yeah. But apart from that, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And then once we all came together, and it's like, well, what do we call ourselves? Like, hey, uh, I don't know if you guys, you guys can say no to this, but, and you know, everyone was like, yeah, that's cool. And so, you know, ever since then, here we are, four years on. Fuck yeah, dude. About to play our first fucking show with Shambles on Saturday night. It's fucking right. right. Let's go. With Shambles and Abandoned Trains and Main Breaker. This is the first time we're playing with any of these bands. Main Breaker is fucking killer. I saw them with Virus X a while back. Fucking Abandoned Trains, of course. Like It was originally us and the, the, the two of us and fucking Main Breaker and then Abandoned Trains. Angel was like, hey, uh, can we play that show? And I texted you, I'm like, what do you think? And you're like, well, you know, four bands on a bill, but it's Angel. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly my problem right now, is it's four bands on a bill, but it's Angel. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, fuck it, we can still, we'll, we'll, we'll bump the doors back to 6.30, we'll start the show at 7. Because it was going to start at 8 anyway. So, 
We'll yeah. start it at seven instead. We'll put fucking abandoned trains is gonna open up on sa- on on Saturday night. Uh, so that's uh, it's gonna be a fucking killer time. Great bands, great music, all fucking night long. It's gonna uh, be a fucking banger, man. I'm excited to play with you. I can't fucking wait. I'm stoked that Angel's gonna be on it. That's gonna be fucking cool. We should have brought Angel in in for this too, so we could because uh, he, he would be like totally on the same wavelength as us talking about all these like classic punk bands that influenced everybody. <laughs> yeah, dude. You know. Well, he's all he's all about that. So, uh, it, it's going to be a killer show Saturday night at Tudor Lounge, six thirty p.m. Doors ten o'clock, uh, ten dollars at the door, uh, twenty one and up. No seven dollar cover. We got it for seven dollar cover. I'm over Whoa, here saying ten. Look at the value. Look at that fucking value. Seven fucking dollars. Seven dollars. Doors six thirty. Yeah, seven dollars. Four bands, man. That's a killer value. Yeah, get out there. I hope Ryan's working the door because not not you, the other Ryan. I hope he's working the door because he hates when I fucking make things not even. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, a lot of change. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. Get out there. It's gonna or be whoever, a fucking party. Whoever ends up working the door Saturday at Tudor. Saturday at Tudor. Come hang out. Come fucking chill with us. Celebrate my birthday a little late. Because I was in Detroit coming home, found out my uh, my ID expired as I was coming home. <laughs> oh shit! Mine did too. I got I, dude. We are wildly unidentifiable right now. What sure is going are. on? I got I got stopped at the border. We didn't get stopped, but we're going through the border to come through Canada to come home. And the guy goes, "Happy birthday, sir!" I said, "Oh, thank you." He said, "It's a great way to find out your license is expired." I'm like, "Oh, oh. I'm I'm still Oops. the same guy." So, like, I'm trying to, I'm, like, I'm in the car trying to fucking renew my license on my phone, and it's just not letting me. Finally, I managed to do it after I got home, but the guy at the fucking border coming into the U.S. didn't, I don't even think he fucking scanned it. (laughs) Honestly, to be honest. Like, oh, you guys are, okay, you're traveling from Detroit, you cut through Canada, you got nothing to declare, you live here, okay, cool, go home. (laughs) Nice. So, uh, anyway, Uh, but this is Shambles. And not only are we celebrating our show on Saturday, we are celebrating the seventh anniversary of Culture Bay today. Let's, <laughs> by, let's stop for a drink. go. By playing this song called Culture Bay from Shambles on all WNY Think So Joe show. We'll see you next uh, two weeks from now. Because I'm a, I'm, I'll be at Bush next week. <laughs> Got see a ya. machine head. Yes. It just felt so built up. Put me on a pedestal, you know I fuck up It didn't help that I got too drunk Found myself in a bad situation Wish I didn't have to have this conversation with you When we finally get to the bar Our eyes beat from afar Resentment filled up my heart You lit the match Now witness the spark You're a fucking bitch And I hate you You're a fucking bitch And I hate you Bounce 
Put me in a bucket.